Six, and uh, hopefully we're uh, along the way with you on your uh, long drive to the Spring Fling Fun Fly up in uh, Northeast. Where is Spring Fling, Maryland? Is it Maryland? Virginia. Virginia. Or, Virginia. It's, on, it's yeah. on Earth. Sorry. No, that's true, Rob. It's that in is Virginia. It's, it's Virginia or Virginia, if you want to call it that, too. Virginia. Okay. <laughs> All right. That took exactly 16 seconds into the episode. <laughs> uh, but obviously Kevin's <laughs> with us this week. I think I heard Rob in there somewhere. Somewhere. Right, somewhere in here. And uh and Scott's with us too. This is gonna be the worst episode of Nick at Night. That's because you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel attacked somehow. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, what's going on, man? I so just to catch everybody up, we you know recorded last week's episode on schedule. Uh, and it actually releases tomorrow in a weird time warp kind of way for us. But uh, this is the Thursday prior to uh, Spring Fling, so about a week and a couple of days away. But we're recording now so that we can have this episode released, hopefully on the Wednesday prior to Spring Fling, and uh, give you all on long drive something to listen to on the way there. Forgive us that we may not have done a lot of things since three days ago when we recorded the last episode. But some of us have done some things and had some freaking amazing times. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us? Hmm. You want to just go right into that? I, 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 you're, you had such a good time. You've been talking so much about it. I think you should go first, Nick. Yeah, get in there. Get right in there. Yeah. All right. I'm going to get right in there. Wednesday was just... You know when, like, you want something and you hype it up and then you go through it and you're like, wow, that was, like, only half as much as I really wanted it to be? Yeah. Like it doesn't live up to the hype. Like marriage. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Oh yeah. Yes. It. Is it with those inside words? The long the long death. <laughs> oh shit. That's funny. Uh wow, that just completely erased everything in my head. Um Mission accomplished. <laughs> oh man. This day was like hundred and fifty percent of what I wanted it to be. It was just so awesome on so many levels. Uh so just to kind of backtrack, I know I talked about this a little bit on last week's episode, but the one thing I asked my wife uh, for my recent birthday was I, the only thing I want is that I just want an entire day at the field. I don't want to have to like, just, I don't want to stay as long as I want with no guilt, no pressure, no worries about getting home for dinner or anything. Like I just want full day at the field. She was like, all right, we'll make it happen. What day you want to go? And uh, we plotted in the uh, Atlanta heli chat. So we have a, a group of, of guys in Atlanta. We got this WhatsApp chat group and uh, where we plot out where we're flying, who's going where, et cetera. And a bunch of guys plotted to skip work on Wednesday. There are four guys in the club who had birthdays in April. Uh, Thomas Mabry, Todd Churko, uh, Mike Bingham, and myself all had birthdays within about a couple of weeks of each other. 
Dude, you're dropping names and saying they skipped work. Oh, shit. <laughs> Pretty sure their boss is listening to this. There, there was a lot of... Everybody in Atlanta RC got very sick on Wednesday. Food poisoning. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a horrible day. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Something, something happened. <laughs> I know at least, like, three of those guys are fine, because one of those guys' bosses dropped by to say hi, and the other one's Sean, and, you know, when you guess he didn't have a birthday, but whatever. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, we're not getting yeah. in trouble here. You're causing trouble today. <laughs> and on Tuesday, like, I thought it was going to be like three or four of us. Like, I didn't really know who was going to be able to come. And we were sort of starting to hype it up in the chat. Like, all right, skip work on Wednesday. Everybody calling sick. Let's go. And it just kind of built momentum on Tuesday. Or maybe folks just hadn't committed yet and then committed at the last minute. So I want to personally apologize to a few people right now. So Scott Graham, John Elrod, Brandon Cooper. Like, there's a bunch of guys who are not too far from this area that I probably should have been like, Dude, a lot of us are going to go fly on Wednesday and you should come. Yeah. And I honestly didn't realize how big it was going to be. I mean, not that it was huge. It was 10 of us, but. Oh my God. That's a lot of people. But it's a lot of helicopter guys all at once, all day yeah. long. And everybody was there by like 930 and we all stayed all day, which was amazing. Fucking honestly, gone. all day long, five people's a magic number. If you got five of y'all are going to be there all day and fly with a, a purpose, call me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, now I know. Like, it went from what I thought was going to be four or five to, you know, everybody showed up. And some new guys even showed up. And it was just freaking amazing. Like, I was there by 8.30, and I got in a few flights. I was the first one there. And honestly, that feeling when you have the field to yourself, and it's early, and the sun's low, that was pretty awesome. And then just more and more guys started showing up. Uh, the funny thing is, is, you know, I had all day to fly. I think I got maybe eight helicopter flights in and maybe three more on an airplane I brought with me just for laughs because I was just having so much fun just bullshitting walking up and down the flight line hanging out with different people you know there were guys in the club like Mike Bingham who's an awesome dude but you know it's a two-hour drive for him to the field I don't get to see him very often so you know I got to catch up with a lot of guys like that who maybe drove a little further than usual and it, there was just you know left and right shenanigans from you know busting each other's chops about autos which I got shamed with to the point that I actually put in a pack full of autos because I hadn't autoed all day and was getting my <laughs> ass teased about it. So I was like, yeah, you, fine. Watch you this. Autos. <laughs> Watch this. Don't. I, I haven't, I swear to God, I got 18 autos in on that flight and I think three were fantastic. And, <laughs> you know, 15 were like, I don't know, 95% of the way into a kickstand and then I managed to get it level again or like <laughs> other bullshit kangaroo hops down the runway. Uh, you know. It was hey, but that's, that's learning, man. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. yeah was good, there, was, there were so many of those moments that I just love uh, where you go out to the flight line and one of your buddies walks out behind you and they're just, I don't know, they're offering advice or help or, hey, man, why don't you try this? Like when I started out doing that pack full of autos, Brian Birdsong walks out who's been killing on the autos for the F3C kind of 180 degree auto. And he was coaching me through a bunch of stuff. There were just so many of those moments where you just go and hang out at the flight line as, as somebody's flying. Yeah. With Brian there, probably nice to get some shade off that big ass Contronics hat he was wearing. Dude, that hat was ridiculous. I forget what that company's yeah. called. Big hat or something. But he comes out of his car in this massive oversized, like comically oversized Contronic hat. <laughs> yeah, dude. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I want to buy that hat. Oh my god, I was laughing so hard. That was awesome. Uh, there was so much good shit in there, honestly. You know, we were 
we had uh, two new guys to the area show up. Uh, this guy named Justin, who was flying a new-to-him XL Power 550 that one of our guys had sold him. And uh, it was like three, four guys circle around him for an hour. They got his fly bar list set up and then helped him maiden it. And by the afternoon, he was, you know, pack after pack after pack, a hover and, and tons of encouragement from all the guys. And nice. I don't know, that's just that kind of energy is just fun to be around. He was so happy. And, you know, you see him land after his first hovers on his first big helicopter and his hands are shaking and you're like, shit, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those first doses. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, I mean, we had two flight stations going all day. I think, you know, while a few of us brought airplanes for laughs, uh, only one actual planker from the club showed up. Actually, that's not true. Two showed up. One is, is a guy who's real friendly with us, Heli guys. And he showed up and was like, whoa, and left 10 minutes later. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit. He was like, what is happening today? Uh, and... Uh, Who's the other guy? Anyway, he showed up way late in the day and he's cool. And, you know, it was just kind of flying. And when he would fly, we'd all get out our airplanes and fly with him. And then we'd all land and then the helis would take over again, which I was shocked because usually a beautiful day like that, even midweek with no wind, you'd get a lot of airplane guys there. But uh, I was very quick to post on the club's Facebook page like, yeah, heli takeover today, like jokingly. I was like, this will keep some guys away. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it kind of worked. Yeah. Yeah. uh, But man, there was just so much of that, like, I don't know. It's a great crew here in Atlanta. It was just lots of that like brotherhood type feeling. And my God, I felt recharged after that day. I went home. I was like, I was talking about helicopters all night long to my wife. And she's like, okay, okay. <laughs> she's like, she's like enough. I'm, I'm really glad you had an amazing day. That's, that's great. <laughs> well, dude, that's cool that you got to do that, especially one because it's your and a bunch of other guys' birthdays you can celebrate, you know, in your hobby, right? But also, you know, in your area, your club and all the guys you fly with have had to deal with all this other stress and baloney going on with the field that's closer to where you're at, you know, and stuff like that, you know. So to be able to sit back and also with the weather is finally starting to turn to where it's real flying season again. It's a great, it's great you guys all got to get together all at once and really just kind of let it out, you know? Yeah. Honestly, it made me want to like try and organize. I don't know, it's hard because we can't do any overnights at that field. So it would be a one day fun fly, but you know, a one day regional fun fly where we try and reach out to the guys who were two hours away. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe get one or two, three hour guys and just have a good time for the day. But man, it was awesome. It uh, definitely was what I needed to not work and not think about life and not worry about getting home in time to pick up the kids and take them to soccer and whatever else. So it was, uh, it was huge. Yeah, that's awesome, it. dude. And it, well it learned. Felt, yeah, it felt like a fun fly, right? Like I have that buzz that you get from when you go to a really good fun fly. Uh, from one day so that was awesome that's neat that's pretty awesome nick yeah yeah i was excited yeah so i may have done a little more than most considering only a few days have gone by but what about anybody else anybody else done anything cool hell yeah hell yeah yeah. i went from having a fleet of zero because i had one unbuilt tron i had disassembled my my synergy building that I have an unassembled black nitro on the wall that's been sitting for, I don't know, six months that I need to build. And now I have three electrics. Oh, I just ratted myself out, didn't I? Because this was supposed to be the year of the nitro. Yeah, yeah. You uh, just owned yourself. <laughs> you, can never get, three, you can never get away. I have three digital nitros. Um, <laughs> how, how does that work? Easy. Ones and zeros, bitch. Oh, yeah, true. I mean, I mean, not wrong. (laughs) So in all actuality, 
my buddy, actually, Craig Carter, has lent me these helicopters for Spring Fling. One of which nice. I paid for, which is a Kraken S, which I'm so glad I got because I love that helicopter so much. The carbon and everything just looks sweet. Uh, I also got my old Logo 700 back in this trade, which I will buy off of him. I just need to save up some money. Yeah. And then I have a Black Thunder Freedom Edition. You know the American flag mm-hmm. one? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, with some sweet electronics in it, like data servos and stuff, YGE speed controller uh x nova motor and stuff like it's a sweet setup is that why you shared your logo thing today that i saw on facebook was that a little bit of a hint not really it wasn't really a hint but now that you mention it that's really funny let's call that <laughs> manifesting <laughs> yeah, there you go. i only agreed to buy the um the, the kraken s right yeah, but he he brought all three of them with me when I we did the deal tonight, and I was like, oh shit! Yeah, he's like, can you can you you know try and sell these? I was like, well, one of them I don't want to sell because I really want it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, myself. <laughs> yeah, we worked a deal, and it was too good to pass up. So that's that's happening. That's awesome. At least you're gonna have helis for spring fling. So that's that's nice. Hell yeah, yeah. Hopefully they don't go in the ones I'm not gonna buy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be a real shitty, expensive day. Yeah, um, that would be that would be a lot of money real quick. Yeah, but he wants me to sell this Black Thunder, but I I think it'll move because they just relaunched the Black Thunder. Yeah, and, uh, so yeah, there's parts true. and stuff out. So I think someone's going to want a Freedom Edition for a crazy good deal. I mean, yeah. I mean, does so if somebody buys that Freedom Edition, mm-hmm. they can still get the freedom edition canopy and boom if they can prove that they have one right exactly that's how it works contact contact sab you know how they do the custom canopies and stuff yes yeah if you just prove you got one they'll they'll make it for you yeah that's that i know that's how it's used to be when they stopped when that you know they did their limited order of it and then you would have to prove it afterwards i figured it'd be the same all across the board so yeah but this one's got two sets it's got freedom that's on it and it comes with a brand new freedom edition canopy and boom in the box Oh, oh shit! That's extra bonus, yeah. dude. So you've got yeah. a free crash and still keep it freedom edition. Like holy shit, that's cool. Yeah, that it. That's that's sick. Yeah, I I I'm not gonna lie, I want that one too, but I can't afford three seven hundreds in a week. Yeah, like, and, yeah and then and you I know, have, I don't have that kind of money. And then the year of the nitros really getting tarnished for the fact that you have more electrics <laughs> than you do nitros. <laughs> We're still gonna fly nitro though. We're still gonna fly nitro. Yeah, yeah. That Tron's gonna make up for it. The nitron baby. Yeah. Well, but, you know. If we take that Synergy N7, we could just spin it and be like, see, it's, 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 it's a, yeah, it's doing That's what a good it, idea. I'll bring it with me and I'm just going to run around spring fling going, ring, 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 ring. Yes. who gives a shit, like, <laughs> working lot flights, dude, go. Oh. So uh, we'll do that, um, yeah, uh, I, I don't really know what I'm going to do with that. I'm still going to bring a Nitro, still want to fly Nitro, but. I think I needed some electrics in my life. But good news, this means I have retreated substantially away from RC cars, and you won't have to listen to me talking about RC cars very much more. Hallelujah. <laughs> Three-dimensional <laughs> descriptions. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The only thing yeah. I do now is uh, those mini-Zs, because it's kind of fun. I do that on Fridays, but... Isn't yeah. that what your isn't that your son likes the mini Z's as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he loves that shit. So that's yeah. that's why I'm sticking with that. I got a track that I can set up in my own living room and, and race it around. So that's good yeah. fun. I yeah. got I'm not gonna lie, like I thought when I was getting into this that it was gonna be 
easier than helicopters. I thought it was going to be more popular than helicopters and the kind of thing that I could just decide on a whim that I want to go race that day and I'll just show up at a hobby store that has a track and go race. But what it ended up being was there's a race on this day for this class only. If you want to race in it, you better be here ready to party at this time. If you miss that time, you're not racing. And it's like that all day. Like you have to be ready for every single race that you're entered in. So you'll do like three qualifiers. If you're not ready for one of them, like your place sucks after that because you've just dropped down in, in the order, you know? And then if you miss your, your mains, then guess what? You just, the entire day, you lost. So sorry, go home. And you could argue that it's not all about winning and losing, but it, it really sucks when you, you know, can't even race the main race sort of thing. It's not as fun. Yeah. Like half the fun is like competing and trying to get podium. If there's, you know, a whole day's worth of effort and you don't even get close to it, that kind of sucks. Yeah, right, right. So I thought it was going to be more relaxing, thought it was going to be more chill. And it's anything but like I can go grab a helicopter, go to the field, hang out. I fly when I want. I charge when I want. I take a shit when I want. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm (laughs) on my own schedule. Uh, There's no, no real pressure. And it's easier to find places to fly than it is find places to race. Like where I live, I can drive an hour and I could be at four different RC flying fields. If I drive an hour, I could be at one RC car track that only races one day every other week for what I race. Yeah, word. And I was like, this is not what I thought it was. I mean, some places are like, you know, the holy mecca of racing. Like if you go out to the Raleigh area, kind of, you know, Smithfield area where, um, Daniel Bridgen lives. He's got that world of RC dirt track and stuff indoor. That's cool. Like if you live there or near a facility like that, that's badass. That's a hobby for you. But for some reason, Charlotte just doesn't have a lot of racing. Um, closest one that's like really big is in South Carolina. So unfortunately, as much as I love it, I'm gravitating more towards Hallie's again. So that's it's more my speed, I think. Word. That's really all that matters is you do the exploration and find what makes you happy, right? Yeah, I'd never done it. So it was yeah. a learning experience. It was fun as hell. Uh, my goal was to, I, I wanted to get podium a couple times, like at my local track. Uh, yeah. It ended up being with touring car. I got podium like every, every weekend almost. <laughs> so yeah, right. It was like cool. mission extra accomplished. Yeah. So that was like, you know, check that off the bucket list. So that was cool. And uh, I had a good time with it. So yeah, well, we're back. Well, you know, Scott, what that shows you, at least what I saw from the outside looking in, watching you go through that whole thing, is you basically, you seem like the type of guy that if you put your mind to it, you're just going to own it and then win it, right? So, you know, you're back in the helis. You know, we've toyed around with the idea of tuning up for contest level stuff, and you don't really need to go there yet. But my point is, you know, sliding back into helis or some other hobby or some new venture at work, sounds like you're the type of guy that's just going to make it happen and make it win anyway. So. <laughs> Good on you, dude. Thanks. Yeah, people always say that. They're like, you always whole ass everything. I'm like, every bit, 100%. I whole ass everything. If yeah, I'm doing buddy. it, I'm doing it right. And if uh, if I'm not, I'm not. It's very binary. I'm in or I'm out. <laughs> hey, well, that's cool. Well, welcome back all the way balls deep into the heli hobby. And Hell. I hope you uh, uh, have a good time at uh, Spring Fring and uh, don't Spring, crash Spring, anything. Spring Spring. Spring Spring. Spring, Spring. <laughs> Spring, 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 out, spring, out at, spring, out at Throttle Spring. Oh, wait. Oh, we don't I, talk about I, Throttle Springs. I no. hope we do have a really good time at Spring Fling. It'll be great. I wish I you were so going. Too. Maybe and me and Scott could get some content of Spring Fling. 
Do it. Do it. What did you you want us to get condoms for sprinkling? I, content, not condoms. Oh, sorry, content. I misheard you. <laughs> Fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was saying maybe we could get some content from spring from spring fling. God damn it. Rob, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, we can't say it anymore. I bet the rest of this episode you can't say it. Spring fling. Who sprung flung? Who sprung flung? My flung sprung hung. You, sprung, you flung dung? Who flung dung? You don't know my hand. Well, you guys are having fun prepping for spring things. I'm, I don't get to go to the thing. I'm not going to go. It's too far away. Wait, did you say you're planning on trying to make maybe Urcha this year if you're going? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna put the time in and try yeah. to go there. It's uh, it's on, it's in the northern half of the United States. It's a little closer to me, way up in the boonies. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll be there. So yeah, perfect. I, I yeah. don't know. I think yeah, I was gonna say because I don't know what the whole deal is yet. Because I don't even think they've announced dates for Urcher yet. They haven't really. So I've been hovering around that whole thing, and you know, I I feel like it's gonna be roughly around the same time. And I know that like the uh. The FAI of 3C Worlds will be like right before the 3D-ish uh, partying, funnying part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, wanna, I kind of feel like I want to see a little bit of that. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how many, how much time I can spend down there. But I'm definitely coming. I'm showing. I'll tell up you there. what. Hell yeah. They had better get those dates in quick because those bastard model rocket guys are sitting waiting to pound. <laughs> well, no, it's right. Well, yeah, they actually, yeah, because they did do that. What? Last yeah, year, the year before, before like five years ago or some shit. Yeah, yeah, they did do that. They moved Urcha on us because the model rocket guys snagged our week. We need all the airspace just in case there's an accident. Come on. I mean, maybe this year you might get luckier because Worlds is supposed to be happening, and yeah, I think that has dates. I don't actually know, yeah. but supposedly it's supposed to be the week before Urcha itself. So, yeah, it's supposed to be. I mean, I, uh, if we don't know the dates of Urcha, but they know the dates of Worlds, you can kind of assume when the dates of Urcha are going to be, but... Yeah, do a little extrapolation. As yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's my plan. I told my children, if you want to come, I'd love for you to come and experience it with me, but I understand that it, if you're not in the hobby, sometimes it's boring and confusing and you don't understand what you're seeing. They might, you know, you know how it is. You bring newbies in and they might, the light might come on and I might light the fire under my son's ass or something. I might not, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I made sure to explain to them, I'm like, what you need to understand, how did I explain to it um, in a way that they would understand? Because they don't really know what Lollapalooza is all about. Some of us guys understand how big Lollapalooza was when it first came out before it got sour. Um, so I explained it like this. I was like, you know how all over the world there are people that will face east and pray to Mecca. And there are people that will make it their life's goal to take a pilgrimage to Mecca, right? It's just part of, it's ingrained in them. It's part of them. Well, for folks in the RC helicopter hobby, getting to Urcha is like going to Mecca for RC helicopters, right? And maybe in the last couple of years, notwithstanding, but to prove the point to my children, I was trying to explain to them how important being able to do something like that would be to me, you know, as a lowly single dad that plays in this hobby with not a lot of ton of people around me that does it too. I really want to be able to do that, you know, at least once. And so I told him, this is the year I'm going to start going, you know, hopefully I go every year and I really like for you guys to come. If you don't want to come, that's okay. You're old enough now, you know? Um, so hopefully it's the three of us will come down and if not, it, it'll be me, but it's all still going to be good. It's going to be fun. And I'm going to bring yeah. all my shit and I'm going to fly it until like, I can't. 
till I burn out my packs or I crash them. I don't care, but I'm going to have a, a blast at our job. I'm going to do my yeah. best. It's going to be, it's going to be a good year. I think it's going to be pretty big again. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for, but you can kind of just assume that it should be big because if worlds is going to happen, that means all the international guys are going to be there or yeah. most of them. So it should be pretty good. And you should see some really badass pilots too, as well. Yeah. For really sure. Really tell, badass. It, tell it like it is though. Say, all right, so take, I don't know, 700 middle school people, get them drunk, wasted, uh, throw in golf carts, and the fun police rents the golf carts out and takes them back whenever they want, yeah. and, and like stir in like 3,000 gallons of drama and let them go loose and see what happens. Um, throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of shit in the air to see if it crashes. Um, hmm. you, you do make a very good point. You do make a very good point. Um, okay, so for anyone going, there's this great pit over there. Definitely check that out. And if you have your own golf cart, you should. If you don't have your own golf cart, don't do that. You don't. Just you should not do steal, that. Steal yeah, don't do that. It up. Don't make so, the golf cart lady angry. She'll, yeah, she'll she'll like you. she'll like spread your cheeks and make you take it. It's oh bad. my god! <laughs> no. <laughs> I hope I hope there's a truckload of motos <laughs> there just in case. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Urcha, that's on my horizons for sure. You know, by then I'm sure I'll have all my rates and expo and shit dialed in, like we talked about on the last episode. You know, since the last episode, I just been kind of marinating on that topic. The weather has been kind of shitty around here again in northern Minnesota, dude. I woke up today. Um, and there was like three and a half inches of snow all over the place. I'm like, seriously, I thought we were done with this. Um, so, and yesterday it was rainy and, and the day before that it was cold. And so I didn't really get any chance to fly before we recorded here again tonight. So my goal is, and you know, sometimes I steal away some time while I'm at work and I can program my helis or sim and stuff like that when there's downtime, but there's been this really gnarly, nefarious outage situation that's been basically infecting our entire infrastructure nationwide randomly so just a little 101 on the internet right whole neighborhoods will be hooked up to a ds uh, like a server and they call that a d slam or a dsa and anywhere from two to ten of those will be strung together in a network ring with fiber optics 10g fiber optics around them to make what's called a ring so you could imagine 10 neighborhoods all on a ring right and these rings are all connected to big routers that send your traffic out to the internet okay so we've been dealing for the last week with this really obscure and nefarious bug that almost feels like an attack, but we're not sure that's what it is. But whole rings, like not just a, a street or a neighborhood, but like 10 neighborhoods at a time will just poof, disappear off the network. And then we got to go back in there, do a bunch of stuff and lift the ring back up on the network so traffic starts moving again. And they've just been popping like flies. Like we got a couple hundred rings across the country. And we've got about 80 of them that are just randomly dropping. We've got uh, our vendor, Calix, is working with us, and they're trying to figure it out, too. And we've got all hands on deck, including myself, in the overnight. So I have no, I've had no bandwidth to think about that stuff. Um, or and neither of it. those neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> and here's me in the middle of the night trying to get, help people get traffic back and stuff like that just all night long. Tell you what. Um, so, oh, but, night long. <laughs> yeah. So needless to say, I haven't been able to spend any idle time at night work, working on my helis or playing in the hobby and stuff. So it's just daytime 
fun that I get to have, but all my days have been dealt with shitty weather and now snow again. So I'm hopeful by, you know, the rest of this week and into the weekend, it's supposed to get warmer. So I'll be able to get in and uh, get these things dialed in a little bit better, get some some tuning flights, as it were. Like Devin said, he spent like almost a week just doing tuning flights, getting ready uh, for spring fling and whatnots, you know. Oh, I saw that uh, video Bill Ann put up, by the way. Um, you know, I know you're uh, a little self-deprecating sometimes, uh, Devin, but that flight was good, even though you were just feeling shit out or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And the, the bird looks nice in the air, as it always does, man. That oxy is the shit. Oh, um, thank you. It was, it was okay. Yeah, it's just okay. It was, it was okay. I mean, does I mean, anybody ever look at a flight video themselves and be like, that was amazing? <laughs> well, I, Never. I don't know. Maybe not. But Bill Ann himself, he did a good job. He always he's, does a good job. He always job. does a good job. He's the oh, man. Yeah, yeah that dude, he's the man. That dude seems like, from out here looking in, from outside of the internet, looking into internet land, and Bill Ann's videos just pop up at all these various places. It's like the guy teleports with his camera to somewhere, and he just is filming people, and it's good. Oh, so. he's... This this past year for him has been massive. I mean, we we got me and my dad, mostly my dad, got him so many stuff while so much stuff while we were in England. I mean, he went over yeah. to RCHN when it was over in Washington over there. And and he just has so many videos of all over the place. It's pretty cool. It's cool That's to cool. see the different styles. Yeah. I love that he's passionate about that because it shows. And yeah. so anyway, he made you look good. He made your heli look good. Even though it was mm, just okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you for the yeah. for the major compliment that I do yeah. not deserve. But. <laughs> so that's kind of what I've been up to. Not nearly as fun, uh, Nick, as you or Scott. You, you know, getting you're a kind of a hustler over there, Scott. You know, all of a sudden out of nowhere, you're like, bam! I got this gaggle of hellies. I think I might sell <laughs> one to myself and just flip this one and blah blah blah, like like a real estate mogul buying a street <laughs> all at once or something. Gaggle of hell, he's a mogul. Dude, your yeah. vocabulary tonight is on point. I have been noticing <laughs> for the past like 30 minutes, you've just been hammering out these like $10 words. That's great. <laughs> That's yeah. Phenomenal. I, I don't even know what they mean. Oh my God. The American school system is atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've heard yeah, my vocabulary like that. Uh, yep, right there. <laughs> That's all I got to say about it. It's awesome, uh, though, Scott, that you were able to like wrangle up such a fleet for spring fling man you're gonna have a good time yeah for yeah, sure I don't know how that happened i literally have no idea and even spring fling was a total accident like i have zero vacation time this year because my wife needs to go on two business trips both of which are six days long and i've already burned the rest of my vacation so mm. like i've lost 12 to that and i think i only get 15 days so i'm out i was like i'm not going to a single helicopter event this year just saturday events kind of thing like rchos and local shit and this weekend is like a once in every three year plan shutdown. So I'm working like the next 96 hours or something ridiculous. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday straight. And you get two days off for free because of it. Nice. So I took nice. the following Thursday, Friday off. And guess what weekend that is? Spring <laughs> Yeah, oh, so you get to leave Thursday. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'll leave yeah. Thursday morning. Um, That'll be good, Scott. Like, enjoy the whole thing. And because it's Spring Fling too, like... You know, there's showers there, there's bathrooms. I can sleep in a hammock, so it won't cost me anything. So it's going to be for the cost of gas, I can get out there and have an awesome, an awesome four days. That's going to be yeah. sick. I'll see you Thursday night. Wait, you're not snuggling with Devin? It's a double hammock. Oh, okay. I, well, I'm the smart one, and I sleep in the bathroom. Yeah, well, I poked a hole in the bottom of the hammock. You can sleep under me. 
<laughs> Jesus. <laughs> is that what you want? Oh, <laughs> what I want. For God. <laughs> Did I? Is this Springfring? Springfring. Spring. That, might be, that might be the furthest we've ever taken that gag. <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, what you guys got to do, though, now that you'll be there together flying, is you got to um, systematically taunt each other. Scott, you just got to whisper right rudder into Devin's ear while he's flying, and then Devin's just got to whisper other crazy shit to you, like, lower. No, no. All I have to all do the to way Scott, into the ground. All I have to do to, to Scott is literally say, crash it, and he'll crash it. So. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Put it in. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it goes. You just sit there and say, Scott, come on. You know you want to put it in. And he just goes, stop it. And then he's like, <laughs> he's like, you know that I can't not listen. Stop it. And then you just just keep going and it'll crash every time. Yeah. In the great words, in the great words of Chris Diamante, shoot the gap. <laughs> oh my god. You remember, oh my god, I remember that. Oh my god, I remember that. I will never forget that, and neither will that tree. <laughs> neither will that tree. Yes, because I didn't. Chris actually make it through after you did it too. No, we shot the gap at the top of the tree, but he was trying to tell me to shoot the gap at the bottom of the tree, and like we're, we're oh, trying yes. to fly through it. And he gets me all amped up, and then he starts yelling, "You're in it! You're in it! Pull out!" I pull out. I was like three feet from the hole, so I pulled oh, out no. right into the tree line. <laughs> yeah, and like I if I waited another three seconds, I would have been through the gap and out the back. So man, and so that is funny. Fell, it cut the tree down. Like it wasn't a big tree. It was like, I don't know, four inch diameter bark. But oh, yeah. dude, that's bigger than an arm. And it just yeah. cut the tree down. I was like, oh. <laughs> Show oh. me trim the hedges. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it wasn't the far trees around the pond. It was one of the closer ones, wasn't it? Yeah, it was ones on the front of the pond on our yeah. side. We were trying to shoot through a lower floor gap. Like, yeah. why would you do that? And I was in bank three with a kraken. <laughs> oh yeah it was great it was totally worth watching oh, and everyone fun. else behind you too all you heard was whop and you're like oh <laughs> shoot <laughs> it was great yeah, oh that's man. awesome that that was a real that was such a funny event between the gaui nx4 that the cone and any other the thing that happened there the black nitro my black nitro that chris diamante put into the bush and then it came back out of the bush somehow oh yes that tr yeah. yeah that too with like a quarter of the bush hanging off the helicopter he's that like down cool. yeah. in here yeah <laughs> no i think that's the, if that's the bush i'm thinking about on the right side of this field rob uh -huh. there's uh -huh. a there's just a real thick bush with a gap in between the two okay <laughs> yeah. a real thick bush with a gap okay yes. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. no trust me there's that's the best way to explain it. Okay. And <laughs> and you can definitely just bleh, right in there, you know? Just, just I did, dude. You heard the motor right like, back on. Oh, yeah. Ooh, then I came back out of the hole again. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was so funny. And then again, oh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh. Oh, nice. It was so funny. Oh, Jesus. I've lost track now. Who's who's gone and who hasn't? Is there anyone left to go? <laughs> I, I I don't think I went yet. Devin hasn't gone yet. So. Okay, I'll right. go. So go in the past three days, all right. Good thanks nothing. for thanks for the good week. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Devin puts the word week in week. <laughs> that was kind of weak. Yeah. Fuck yourself. This fling fling. Um. No. So. All right, so Devin, through the power of editing, I'm going to let you come up with the best comeback you can think of, and then I'm going to cut it so it's like instantly fires. Please leave this part in. 
Come on, Devin. Come back. Come on, what's your comeback? Take you it. You want to come on your back? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you lost your opportunity. Go ahead. How was your week? Uh, well, uh, it was fine. Well, week past three days, however you want to say it. Not much has very happened. That was perfect English. Uh, I continue. <laughs> Not much has happened. Yeah. I can't even, man. I can't. Um, so not very much has happened in the past three days. Um, in this weekend, I have to go get my trailer so I could pack up for spring fling. That has to get done. Nice. Um, and that's about it. I mean, I... I will be, hey, to everyone that listens, I will be taking my truck to tow the trailer to Spring Fling. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, yes. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. What's your confidence level you're going to make it? I've already towed with it, so it's good. Word. You had that test there? Did you do the test all by yourself in case it got all fucked up so nobody... No, no. My pops went with... So I progressed to... Like, I was like, ah, so let's go like the most cancerous and hillest way to test a truck and uh yeah so we went up this road by where i live and i think the one hill is like a five four or five percent grade it's massive but it's not super long and uh the truck held like 45 with like probably eight nine thousand pounds on the back of it the whole way up the hill so that was good that was uh, that was really good i was super happy with that yeah Yeah. that's like a car and some extra stuff Yeah. yeah So I was super happy. I think uh, the different rear end makes a huge difference in that truck compared to the 2500 that I had. So I was super happy. Um, yeah. So that was a good test on it. And uh, my transmission is no longer leaking fluid. So I fixed that as well last week. So that's good. Nobody likes a leaky tranny. Nah, no, that's never good. <laughs> never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to slap my own wrist for that one. Sorry. <laughs> That's cool. You got you got your truck dialed in, and that's so that to confirm that's the one you rebuilt the transmission in, right? Yeah, in my basement. Yep, that's some baller shit. And now you're telling you get everything's working right. That's good, man. Especially for a young buck at your age to be that well equipped to be able to do that kind of shit. You're you're good as far as the automobile thing goes for the rest of your life. You you'll be able to deal with whatever. Yeah. Man. That's the shit. Yeah, I'm getting there. So you'll be fixing your girlfriend's cars for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, buddy. that's gonna be my torture. <laughs> Um, <laughs> my brakes are done. Just drive faster. It's okay. It's okay. Devin, yeah, can you, you change my oil? Yeah, rolls his eyes. Zip. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, we just uh, lost all female fans of this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, shit. That was great. Hey, hey man, like, if, my, if my woman was a uh, like a grease monkey and I wasn't, I'd reciprocate. <laughs> this is true. There's a lot I would do for free car. Let repairs. me check you with my dipstick. Let me check your oil with my dipstick. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Well, hold on. What, what, what would you do for free car repair? Because I can fix a car. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, will you build a nitro helicopter for me? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Nick? It probably won't start, but I can build it. That's okay. I can do that part. I just can't build the airframe <laughs> for, for the life of me. God. He's too busy. Oh, dang it. Dude, it used to be so easy to build helicopters. Like, I could whip them out, like, in six hours, like, ready to go from the box. See, the trick uh, is you can't try to build the whole heli. You just got to build the one side of the frame. Yay, I did it. Well, you know? and then, you know, like when Scott said, 
literally on the last episode when it's great to have your son helping you, but then he disorganizes all yeah. of your screws so you put them back in the wrong spot. Doesn't <laughs> help too much either, does it? Yeah. But I digress. So, yeah. Wow. I digress. I can't talk. <laughs> I've been staring at the Christ, same Devin. raw nitro in a box for I don't know how long now. A while. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Nick. It... Well, it doesn't matter what it is. If it was an electric, I don't know. I, I still couldn't build it. I just I can't build. I don't know. It doesn't help that like work and life is super busy right now. And it also is the same time in my life where I've like tried to put a focus on exercising, hitting the gym and riding bikes again to try and like continue my weight loss because I had made awesome progress, stagnated. Now we're going again. And it's real hard to find time to take care of a kid, work out, go to work and build helicopters. It's totally yeah. cool to put that 100%. helicopter at the end, you know, for sure, yeah. man. Totally. Yeah. And it's hard too. like, if you want to get in the right mindset to build, you need to be like relaxed and not stressed about stuff. And I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I think I've been struggling with that. Worst case, I'm bringing the kit to, to Spring Fling. I'll build it Thursday night at the event. That sounds like That'd a smart fun. decision. Yeah, right in the flight line. A completely flight line built helicopter, and I'll beat the shit out of it that night. There you go. There no, you go. My, my, at least let it last to Friday night. No, dude, you put them all in on Thursday nights. That's the night to do it. <laughs> I mean, I've seen you do that before, but... Not in every event. <laughs> if I show up on a Thursday, they're all fucked. That's how Thursdays work. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's where the term comes. Half the time you hear people yelling at me when I'm flying, It's only Thursday! This is why. <laughs> Scott, my goal for you is to make at least one set of main blades as green as possible from grass stains, but oh, without damaging them. No, uh, that's oh, been success. That? That's been happened already in yeah. New York. That's happened. Else, yeah. Dude. Oh yeah, just a little well, dirt on the tips and stuff. They still have sticks in the blades. Let's be fair. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll do that. I'll get them super green, and then I'll write a message on them. And that'll be the contact for the week. Oh, and I'll have to try to interpret go. the message. Yeah. Yep. I'll have to fly the blade so that it shows up in the disc. Okay. Ooh, I that's it. even better. Yeah. Be like, what, what is this F you written in the green crest? <laughs> what <does it> possibly <laughs> mean? By the you... time I finally get it, the light bulb goes on my head. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Self-destroying message. Oh, man. We are so far off the rails. It's not even funny. That's all right. It's supposed to be a long episode for all these people driving to spring fling. Yeah, they could just listen to my poor English, and that's it. That's, yeah, you know? oh, none of my man. shit flies on rails anyway, so we're good. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, it will. Yes, it will eventually. Once it will I, eventually. Once you I just got to get those rail blades, you know, then it'll fix that problem. Oh uh, yeah. yes, yes. Everything flies on rails. Speaking of that, that picture Devin. you put up, Scott, with those two goblins pointing at you with the blades posted up—that was photogenic as hell. I love that. Were those those? What kind of blades are those? Are those rail blades? I don't remember what they were, so I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, that photo was from about like two years ago. Well, it's cool, man. You know, I just want <laughs> to say it's the coolest hell picture. Thanks. I don't know what it, what it was on there, though. I think they were those S-Blades when they first came out or something. Ew. Oh, That's yeah. what it was. It was when the Kraken S first came out. So there were two Kraken S's. Ew. What? And you don't like those S-Blades? <laughs> no. He's like, <sighs> I do. No. Not that my opinion counts, but I, I haven't know. flown the 700s to be fair. I've only flown the 580s, and the 580s I think fly horrible. Okay, the 580s are not a great example. Yeah, yeah. fly the the 700s. Never flown the 700s, only the 580s, and it was you on a nitro. SAB, yeah. for the love of God, release a 600 or 610 S series blade, please. Yeah, get on that. Do it. 
Although, you know what I just saw on Facebook today? I don't know. It was pretty interesting. I, those, did you see on that, I think the RS4, those rail, the new rail blade design or something? Yeah. You're just going to steal all the news thunder? No, I just thought it was fucking cool. Well, fuck you too, all right? <laughs> yeah, Matt Botus is working on testing some rails uh, in the 380 size. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, because it's completely different foil. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, uh, competition. he's testing those on the RS4 and the Goose Guy RS4, their 380, and he also has developed some better dampeners for the RS4 that from what I've heard from a couple of guys, radically improved the flight performance of the Goose Guy RS4. So, really? Yeah, check. They're much harder dampeners. I guess the stock ones were kind of loosey goosey. Um, not loose, but a little softer than a lot of guys liked and didn't care for the flight performance. Um, I, yeah. I mean, so if you're going to do more than just hover it and, you know, light sport it, then definitely check out Matt Botus's dampeners. So apparently, Goose Guy is redeveloping new dampeners for it as well, but. Definitely check out Matt Botus. Well, it's, it's I don't improvement. I don't remember that RS fills uh, RS four is a kit build, right? Or is it not? It is, yeah. Okay, so if it's a kit build, yeah, that needs to happen. You need to have optional dampeners for for that. If that's not happening yet, that needs to happen. Well, hang on. So you're telling me that they came out with a kit, the dampeners are okay. Matt Botos comes out with another set of dampeners that are massively improved, and then Goose Guy comes out with another set after so matt is on team goose guy so he may have developed them for goose guy with goose guy i don't know i don't okay. have those specifics but That's fine. It, it's not anything untoward that. there like it's all good i thought there was some bullshit going on again and some copycatness and no, i was no, no. not pleased and i was like can y'all pick a different dude to do this no to? I'm, I'm fairly <laughs> sure matt actually got an early production kit to play with and test and help kind of awesome uh, check okay. out so that's all right, cool. I'll shut up then, as you were. Yeah, it's all good. So I think it's time for a little news, but so here's the deal. My work schedule is about to get just stupid. I'm either on the West Coast, or I'm in Europe, or I'm working 20 hours a day. It's, it's just going to get stupid in the next five weeks. So uh, as much as I hate to say it, my personal participation in the podcast in terms of being with the rest of the gang, is about to get a little funky. I'm going to miss a bunch of episodes. However, I will still be working on the edits, and I did still want to carry on with the news. So since we're a little early recording this week, and I'm sure we'll have a little more news before next week, I didn't want to record the news tonight. So we're going to do for this week, and probably in the next four weeks, maybe five, do like a remote news segment. So I'll record it on my own time separately from the rest of the crew. So unfortunately, we'll miss out on some of that fun interaction. But I do want to keep up with the news at the very least while traveling. And, uh, you know, these guys will uh, do an amazing job, I'm sure, of uh, carrying the load while I'm gone. And, uh, yeah, so with that, we're going to throw to our first of several uh, remote news segments. I don't know, remote? I don't know what you call it, but recorded elsewhere news segments. Anyway, here we go. From Las Vegas, this is Nick Wisdom bringing you the first of what may be a series of remote pre-recorded news segments. Mostly because my work schedule is uh, going to get in the way over the course of the next few weeks. And honestly, we all know what happens when I leave the news to the rest of the gang, so couldn't leave you hanging like that. Uh, in the case of this week's, since I've just introduced myself at this point, 
we recorded way early on Thursday, so I didn't want the news to be way out of date, so I wanted to wait until uh, the last minute to record the news right before we release the episode. So, uh, it's going to be me. I'm just going to fire through a bunch of news. This episode is plenty long already, so let's go through it in no particular order. Okay, first up, a few quick announcements from Align. Uh, number one, they will be offering colored booms available in the future for the TB70, and presumably for the rest of the TB and TN line. Uh, I haven't confirmed that, and they haven't said that, but you know it makes sense that if they offer it for one helicopter, they probably will for the rest of the line, so they're joining the bandwagon and offering some customizations, which is nice. I'm a big fan of being able to make your heli yours. And then secondly, Align released a render of the TB40, their 385 entry, that shows the motor protruding through a cutout in the canopy. That's not my favorite, to be honest, but, you know, I guess it works. But uh, otherwise, it looks very much like the rest of the line. All right, moving over to Tron Helicopters now. They plan to release a Freedom Edition of both the 5.8 and 7.0 canopies here in the United States. Uh, so if you're one of those people that has to wear the flag on every single article of clothing, you can now dress your helicopter in it, too. All I have to say to that is, where's my Union Jack edition, people? Come on! Why is it only the U.S. that gets these custom country canopies? Get with it. All right. Surely it's because of market share, but I want a Union Jack canopy. All right, moving on to a new offering from HeliDirect. They've shown some teasers of a new blade and accessory bag they plan to be releasing in the future, so stay tuned for more info on that. Uh, no release date or price point yet, but it's nice to see some competition for the very fine Ready Heli blade bags. And speaking of blade news, Railblades has also announced they too were working on a new blade in the 386 millimeter size. Uh, this is meant for the OMP M4, Goose Guy RS4, and other 380 size helicopters. No details yet beyond the length and coming soon. Goose Guy announces some new canopy and boom sticker schemes for the S2 that'll match the schemes available on the RS4. So if you like your fleet to be all matchy matchy, you can order one in the white, pink, or yellow schemes soon. Uh, they're also jumping on the God Forbid My Motor Get Dinged bandwagon and releasing a metal cover plate to protect the outsides of the large pancake motor should you have a crash that lands on the helicopter's side. I can't say I've heard of anyone who's crashed one of these helicopters with the large motors that stick out the sides and had a problem, but, you know, who knows. Anyway, it's nice bling either way. All right, Theta Servos has announced a nice budget alternative cyclic servo. The THL398 full-size servo comes with a plastic case, and that's where most of the cost savings are. Uh, the servo's still programmable, has decent specs, and is well-suited to sport and mild 3D pilots, or beginners, honestly, and it's only 80 bucks a servo. So you can get three cyclics for 240 bucks, which is a fantastic price. Uh, no word on availability yet, but well worth a look if you don't need the strongest and fastest servos with the most bling, but you still want a dependable, high-quality servo from a well-known manufacturer. So go ahead and check out the Theta THL 398 coming soon. All right, also in Theta Servo news, Kyle Stacy announced that he's joining the Theta Servo team as well. So to my knowledge, since both he and Manny Nito have joined uh, Theta Servo, I believe that leaves nobody left on the BK Servo team, and they've all moved over to Theta Servos. Now, Theta Servos are also distributed in the United States by BK Hobbies, although they're sold at several other retailers as well. So I went to the BK Servo webpage, and while they still showed sponsored RC car pilots using, you know, steering servos, there were no helicopter pilots listed anymore. So this makes me wonder, will BK Servos continue to be offered? Are they just shifting the focus to Theta Servos and they'll still keep selling them? Anyway, I'm going to reach out to BK and see what they say and catch you up next week. All right, we're also starting to see some videos of the Tron Dynamic. 
in the hands of some top pilots like Ben Storick, who's got one. Uh, certainly seems to be flying very well and is another strong offering by Tron. So check those out if a lightweight 700 interests you. You can find them on Tron's Facebook page. And more news about the thing which shall not be named. The guy waiting on the box of those things in the United States went as far as to post the tracking number for the shipment of the stuff I can't talk about. Now, I did track the you-know-whats and no delivery date listed, just that it's left Germany. So yeah, probably stuck in customs. Patience, grasshoppers. Patience. may want to pause the podcast, do some breathing exercises, perhaps meditate for a minute. Whatever you do, don't go on Facebook and bitch about it. Speaking of that, though, quick PSA. If the thought of waiting beyond the date you were told something would be available causes you great stress, just don't pre-order the damn thing. And certainly, don't go online and bitch about it. We're a small hobby, people. If it causes you stress to pre-order and pay full price, then just wait till they're in stock and then hit purchase. It's that simple, really. Okay, that's it for that rant. Thanks for listening. All right, moving on. Lastly, before we get to the news of the week, a couple of events I'd like to announce. Uh, first up, we have the Swarm Southeast Wisconsin Area Rotary Modelers Friendfly on Saturday, July 22nd. It's a one-day-only helicopter event, $10 pilot landing fee, and that gets you a free pizza lunch. So if you're in the Wisconsin area, be sure and check that out on July 22nd. And then lastly, this fun fly is a personal favorite of mine. I do hope to attend this year. Uh, the Dragonfly RC Helicopter Fun Fly. So this one is hosted by the Rands Club in lovely East Bend, North Carolina at their absolutely beautiful field with a ridiculously long putting green grass runway that fits at least three flight stations. I think we may have done as many as four at times. It comes complete with the amazing hospitality of the fabulous Mr. John Titus. It runs from June 23rd through the 25th, has night flying, great food. There's a pilot's dinner in there somewhere, fantastic people. Uh, this is just a personal favorite of mine, usually has at least around 70 pilots. Uh, and I highly, if you're in the Southeast or just feel like traveling to it, it's a fantastic fun fly. It's the perfect size for me as far as events go. All right, with that, let's go ahead and move on to our news of the week. All right, last up for our news of the week, we're going to throw and do something a little unconventional here and throw to one of our roving reporters in the field. So for information on our news of the week, we're going to throw to our roving reporter based in Pennsylvania. You know him, you love him, you miss him because we do, Mr. Dan K. Reed. Oh, my God. What's up, dude? Oh, roving reporter. I, you put me on the spot. I got to make something up. Just make up anything. <laughs> no, no, it's good. To, uh, I'm I'm feeling pretty damn good. It's been, uh, I guess, the news of the week would be that I actually got out to fly today. Nice, that's amazing. Yeah, I actually, um, for the first time in a long time, was able to muster up enough energy to uh, get out there and uh, freeze my ass off. I've noticed since surgery, and I don't know if it's normal or not, but uh, sensitive to cold in a big way. Like I, if it's just starts to get cold i'm done like i can't it's like i can't deal with that of course the wind's blowing i took the logo and the 570 and the logo is just too goddamn windy it was nice and calm here isn't that the way it goes nice and calm yep. here 16 i don't know 12 16 miles out to the fly field get out open the door and it's like jesus christ the, the wind is trying to blow the, the car door off but a couple plankers there and much to my dismay um, one of the guys, his name's Mike. Ah, shit, the last time I saw you, you blew up some batteries down here. Oh, Jesus, of course <laughs> it's that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's that guy. I'm like, oh my God, I'm never going to let that. That's, that's, yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, 
that was fun. That was fun. So, but we, uh, yeah, I got the, it was, it was pretty goddamn windy. The plankers weren't flying the, the heli. I didn't, I don't know. It, it's like anything else. You don't do something for a long time. And the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're kind of like, yeah, I, I, I think I can remember how to do this. And I'm looking at my radio. And I'm like, now I know Scott and I went through just, you know, it was forever ago, but a lot of shit's happened since forever ago. And Scott kind of helped me remap my, my V control. So I was in this weird, like shit. Don't really remember. Is this the bank switch? And is this the throttle hold switch? And now is this the rescue? So I had to kind of, you know, I was kind of going through those motions and, um, I couldn't figure out like what, why I thought I was, um, hitting bank switch, but I was hitting some other, I was like, this, fuck, this head speed is just not as it wasn't flying good. I'm like, this is not good. So then I realized, that, of course, I was on the wrong switch. Once I figured that out, everything went well. And, uh, you know, the wind was, well, I mean, it could have could have flown, sure. But I was freezing, man. I was freezing my ass off. Then I'd get in the car where the sun is kind of that greenhouse thing going on, you know, where it's warmer in the car. Yeah. And I start sweating my ass. I just like, like start sweating open the door now it's even worse because now you're you know sweating and the wind's blowing on you but no other than that it's i I don't want to go into too much detail about what has been going i mean i mean now i'm just not uh there's a time and a place and right now is not the time and the place i would imagine uh as i come back to the show which i plan on coming back full time we're gonna see how it goes i can already I. I can feel my voice getting a little bit weak just in this last few minutes. So I guess maybe there's still some stamina issues there. <laughs> still, still coughing like mad. Uh, people think I have all kinds of infectious diseases, but uh, my lung had been compressed onto itself for almost a month and a half. And as it was doing that, it was all that inflammation and nastiness, you know, it was, lungs kind of sticking together and now that that's kind of relieved itself all that all that shit's coming up which is causing a massive massive coughing fits at uh the most inopportune time and then of course in today's world everyone looks at you and goes get away from me because you never know what what's happening when someone's (laughs) coughing in your general vicinity no infectious disease just just uh open heart surgery (laughs) so uh it's been a very um trying couple months uh, and i will go into some a little bit more detail at some point but it's just it seems that the latest round i just went back to the hospital last week on sunday of last week i guess and came home last uh, and um they are theorizing what's going on and so they're trying a new therapy and uh, long story short they put me on a pretty high dose of, of prednisone they think that Something is causing my heart to swell, get inflamed, and in return, and in that process, it's causing, it's not allowing everything to heal, and it's it's uh, uh, kind of it's ideal situations for the reaccumulation of fluid, essentially, uh, by not giving anything a chance to really heal. So they got me on a on a steroid therapy right now, which I got to tell you, they started that just the other day, a couple of days ago. And within 24 hours, I just, I felt like a new person. I mean, I just, I could not believe the difference 
just from being able to breathe. And um, we're just uh, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that this actually continues because the steroid therapy stops next week. I guess we'll find out, right? If we could kind of fall right back into the same group. But I'll, you know, we'll, I'll, you know, as, as, uh, the questions, I've had many, many, many questions. And uh, I and apologize. I, I do plan on getting the web page caught up. It's just those little things that I just could not bring myself to do. Uh, I just could didn't have the focus. It was, it's really been a, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but it's really been a rough uh, couple months for sure. Uh, just yeah. for me, uh, uh, you know, I mean, energy, j- just from a mental aspect, like I, you know, you go in for open heart surgery and you're like, oh, well, they're going to fix what's wrong. And you come out of open heart surgery, you're like, shit, I wasn't this broken before open heart surgery. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was pretty, uh, it was tough. It was mentally, it was a tough, um, you know, you just kind of got to accept it, that there's complications, I suppose, and, and a little bit of patience, they'll, they'll help you figure it out. But I really kind of feel like I was reaching the end of the doctors, at least I got some new doctors, which kind of I was uh, happy about, but I kind of started feeling like I was <laughs> getting to the end of my doctor's talent. <laughs> oh, no. And he was... um well, he was a sur- he's a surgeon. He's not, you know, he wasn't his 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 uh, wheelhouse ends uh, after they sew me back up. He, you know, um he and the cardiologist that I was working with were just they were just baffled. They would just literally look at me and go, "I don't know why you're not breathing." Wow. I'm like that's well, that's, that's hard to hear. Yeah, that's not an acceptable answer. Yeah. I said, "Well, let's, you know, let's talk to some pulmonologists. Let's let's talk to infectious disease. Let's I really found that I had to advocate, and I guess uh, to an alarming amount, for some thought process. Like, I, you know, it's a little disturbing when you're look. This this whole process is kind, of, you know, luckily insured, insured. Thank God, because it's three hundred thousand dollars plus in the hole right now. Wow. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I just bought a Lamborghini essentially for a doctor somewhere. I shouldn't have to sit in a meeting or in an office visit with a doctor and have the doctor look at me and go, well, what would you like us to do? Yeah, right? <laughs> That's crazy. I would like you to figure out what the fuck's wrong with me. Yeah. Okay? That's what I would like. It, it, you know, I, I guess they get just as, as frustrated as, as I did, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, no, you guys have been doing a great job. Thanks for really keeping it keeping it going. I know it's a shit ton of work, especially with your work schedule, traveling as much as you do. Looking forward to kind of jumping back in. I, I suspect that if things are improving in the, at the rate in which they are now, the fact that I even wanted to go to the flying field today was, I mean, a massive, massive improvement over how I've been feeling for quite some time. And this goes even before. Like, yeah, if you remember, I we were talking and I just, I can't remember it was an episode or maybe it was James Cadiz was on, or I don't know. We were talking with somebody and I was like, I was talking about how it's just with work and it's just so tiring and how do you keep yourself going? And, and what I didn't realize was I was dealing with, with, you know, pretty severe uh, cardiac issues. Uh, This was months prior to 
actually finding out I had severe cardiac issues, which I'm sure was playing a major role in my disposition, my energy level, you know, wanting to go to the field, just the whole, it's not about, well, it's always, it's never been about not wanting to go to the field. And I think I've said this before, it was sitting, you know, getting here, ready. yep, I'm going to go flying. And then all of a sudden you start thinking about, well, I got to get this together. And then I got to, got to find that. And then I got to go get that case. And my batteries are in this, this case and my tools are there. I got to gather those. And I got to get all that shit out. And by the, you know, by the time, you know, it's like, fuck, I'm just not going to do it. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I, you know, I talk myself out of it. I think that's exactly what I said months ago when we were talking about this. But I do think that that part of what was happening were, were these cardiac issues that um, were definitely affecting all of that, right? Um, yeah, it's bound to, you know, have an effect. Sure. Right. It's just, I look, I was, you know, I was four, four of my uh, arteries, uh, 100% occluded, 100% occluded, 80%, 90% occluded, and 80% occluded. So I had a quadruple bypass. Wow. Where do you go from there? I mean, how was I alive? Think about yeah. that for a second. You know what I mean? It's like, that must have been a mess. That must have been an absolute mess. And of course, that's going to play into a lot of things. And that was, man, I'm, work, my work in particular, requires so much focus that I just didn't have, after I was done for a day, I just didn't have time to, the energy to, to even consider or want to consider packing the shit up and going to the flying field on the weekend. I just wanted to just, I wanted to sit and do something stupid in mind. Let's play a video game. Just not, just not have to, to, uh, exert or expand energy. Right. But anyway, I'm hoping that that's changing. And I, I actually feel so much better, uh, from, like I said, energy level. And I'm actually, I don't, I'm actually thinking about making a, a, a I'm going down to the spring fling just for the day. I think. Do it. Yeah, I think I'm going to make a trip down. The wife and I have been talking about that. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to take a helicopter. I just kind of would like to go. And there's a lot of folks that I have not seen for years. Doug Darby, I haven't seen for years. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of folks going to be there that I'd like to see and, and hang out with for, for a bit that I have not seen in a very, very long time. So I'm not necessarily going to focus or try to bring a helicopter. I might bring the 570, but I, I don't know. Uh, basically it's just to get out and, uh, kind of start re-immersing myself back in the hobby, but. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. That means three of our team will be there. Scott and Devin are planning on going, uh, they'll be there Thursday night, but that's awesome, man. I'm glad to see your energy come back. Like even just in our little group chat, you can see how much your energy was coming back by just the way you were typing. Uh, like, oh yeah. The way you were phrasing. It was, it's awesome to see, but you know, take it easy, come back slow. Yeah, your, your spot here is not going anywhere, man. You can come back as one of the boys, <laughs> as the host, as whatever you want, whenever you're ready. Yeah, we're you know it's I got I, mean, I am going to take it easy. I'm not going to jump back in full force. I, I I I do like I want I would like to get back just to kind of give you a break from editing. At least that that I can do that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to participate in a full two hour show because I can already sense after we've been doing this for 10, 15 minutes. It's starting to like I can feel it. It's um, it's you know I'm 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 not getting tired. I'm I just can sense that uh, 
my voice is getting weaker and, and yada, yada. Anyway, you know, so yeah. I'll work that into it, but the editing and, and, you know, working on the show, that stuff I can, be, I can do. Or just hanging out while you guys are talking and then just interjecting whenever yep. you says something stupid, right? Which is pretty often, about every 30 seconds. <laughs> Before we go, speaking of stupid, I'm going to bring one thing up because it was brought to my attention. So I'm not sure, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time on, on RCHN over the years talking about uh, marketing and, and um, translation of languages. Oh, I love that. That's a favorite subject of mine. <laughs> it totally is. So we, you know, and anytime a line uh, gives us a happy ending, we, we, we take the time to, to thank them for that. <laughs> so when somebody else does it, I figure we ought to take the time to thank them for that as well. And, and I'm going to bring your guys' attention to a, a post by Bert Kammer. Um <laughs> I is there a date on this post? I don't it was in the last couple of days, I believe. Um THL 398 plastic case value. Fully programmable, not as fast as the others, but enough torque. Excellent for beginners as well as those doing mild 3D or sport flying. Good airplane CI also exclamation point. Best if all. You can get full cyclic. For under $240. Come on, man. Wow. <laughs> you can't let that slip, buddy. Wow. See your balls a little bit, Bert. But, uh, we, you know, I figured if, we, uh, <laughs> if we're going to give a line a little bit of shit about it, we got to give that to you. Gotta, you, you, you. I don't know. Somebody, somebody else running your social media? I don't know. Maybe take a look at that real quick and, and uh, that's funny. Know, adjust it a little bit. <laughs> At least there's no happy ending, but I, I wouldn't mind it if Bert would give me a happy ending. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up real quick. I know this one's going to be a long episode, but I do want to make one more special shout out because there's a listener in particular that I've been talking with uh, quite frequently. And his name is Lee. He's from Spain. Lee reached out to me. Because there's several of our listeners that have gone through very similar surgeries, but he and I have been kind of sharing war stories and um, just wanted to say thanks, dude, for the, you know, the reading my rants and, and uh, kind of helping me uh, talk about my frustrations with doctors, which kind of gets old when you're talking to people who aren't, don't, you know, people understand, right? But let's face it, they... No one wants to have that conversation unless you're talking with somebody that's kind of gone through something similar because they've been through it and they understand. So I appreciate that. And there's been a few listeners that have reached out that have gone through it. And um, I'll be back feeling good, as I think you'll be able to tell just by listening to me talk here. I think it's kind of exciting. And Absolutely. I think, I think that's about it. I sure have missed hanging out with you guys. And I've sure missed just being involved in the podcast. It's a we. It's it's a we. It's weird. It's really weird to just. It's like yeah, I don't know. Life kind of goes on, you know. When it's been and how long has it been? Holy shit, it's been a long. A, a lot like of episodes. Guys, yeah, you guys have almost doubled the amount of. Uh, not quite, but you've done a lot of episodes. Ten, fifteen episodes. At least it's it's been you know three months something like that. That is crazy talk. It wow. is crazy. And I haven't uh, been to work. I haven't been to work since February eighth. I've been working from home a little bit, but that that's, um, I don't know. It's, it's, 
it's not as consistent as I'd like it to be. I really want to get back into the office. But well, that's a whole other story. As far as the past podcast goes, you'll like this. So we've gotten a, a fair amount of messages from folks saying like, hey, you guys are doing a great job. You know, we all miss Dan. We're going to hope he's okay, et cetera. But all of the messages, for the most part, end the same way, which is, you're no Dan, but you're doing a good job. <laughs> I think you guys, I think you, you in particular, man, Jesus, Nick, you, you've really stepped up. You've done, I mean, you've all done a great job, but wow. I mean, you guys, you know, it's a, that was abrupt. Obviously, I went to work, you know, the morning of the 8th of February and everything was fine. And, and that, you know, by 11 o'clock that afternoon, everything was not fine for a number of months. And it wasn't like we had time to come up with a game plan. Like, what are we going to do? And you really just kind of stepped up and made it happen. And it's not easy, right? It's just not easy. There's a lot to be done. And I sure hope the other guys were helping you out, but I kind of think I know uh, <laughs> to what extent they were helping you out. God, God bless them. It's a labor of love, man, as you know. <laughs> it is. It is. Absolutely it is. And, um, you know, I, I talked, I know I came on the show and not to prolong it, but I came on a few weeks ago and we were talking about how things seem to get much simpler and things have gotten simpler. You know, perspectives change. Importance in things change, importance in people's opinions change. And at some point, you know, you just start. I've always kind of thought to myself, yeah, I don't, I really don't give a fuck what anybody says or thinks or does. I don't know if that was an absolute true statement, but I do believe it's an absolute true statement. It is now, uh, is I do believe it's an absolutely true statement for me now, uh, because some of the bullshit that we've dealt with just in the short time our CHN has been back uh, bothered me for a little bit, but you know what? Fuck that. Let's move on. Let's, you know, I mean, I really do not give a fuck what um, some of these guys will say and do. You know, our CHN has been around for a very, very long time. It's going to continue to be around regardless. And, um, uh, you know, I guess we'll leave it at that. I think everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. No reason to, to dig into it. But anyway, I feel like I'm coming back and I'm excited, guys. So uh, thanks for everything. And thanks, thanks to you guys for, for uh, keeping, it, uh, keeping it grounded while I was away. Well, to say we're excited is an understatement. So very much looking forward to your return uh, in any way you're ready for. Uh, and many more episodes to come, man. Thanks for uh, for stopping by, catching us up on how you're doing. We look forward to having you around next week as well, and uh, yeah. many episodes more. I'm looking forward to talking to Deb, and I haven't talked to him in a while. Well, I, I want you to know, feel comfortable that we've been busting his balls like you That's would good. not believe in your That's honor. Good. I swear to God, who becomes a team manager and does not iron his shirt before he takes a social media picture? <laughs> What the I, fuck is that all about? I'm not going to lie. I was giddy when I saw that photo with excitement oh to talk about it. <laughs> all right. Well, sure, Devin. I know. I know. All right. Well, on that note, uh, that's it for the news this week. Uh, I'm Nick, and I'm with me is Dan K. Reed. And uh, that's all we got. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Some of the things were kind of dumb, though. That guy is such an asshole.
He talks so much. What a oh fucktard. He really Jesus. loves the sound of his own voice. He talks a lot. God, the whole time I'm like, would you please stop talking? Here is the news from Prague. <laughs> Not Prague yet. Next, uh, what's next? Vegas. All right. So this week, what are we talking about this week? We're going to talk about some helicopters this week. It's going to keep this fun and conversational. Uh, as, if you haven't been able to tell already, this is kind of a little bit of a different tone than our usual for the week. Uh, but we thought it might be fun to just talk a little bit about what's out there and share our different perspectives on the models available on the market right now. And we're not going to carry, uh, carry talk about every manufacturer out there, but we're going to carry some of the big ones, uh, or cover some of the big ones, rather. And then share our thoughts, right? Much like four different guys at the field, you're going to get four different opinions on a lot of these models. Some of us love them, some of us don't, I'm sure. Some of us haven't tried them, uh, so you'll get a perspective from the outside. Uh, we'll try and be clear on what we've flown and haven't flown, and uh, just kind of dig into it from there. And then we'll see how we're doing on time. We might share some, uh, you know, perspectives in general on, you know, how we feel, for example, on lightweight 700s and some other models. All right. Anyway, enough for me, Yamarin. Uh, what brand do we want to start with first? Helicopter brand. And we're spiraling already. Oh my god, what's happening here? I don't even know how we're supposed to like do this based off only the pictures. None of us have ever flown the new Align. We've only ever mean we've seen it, and you have an idea. Like, yeah, we are people of the hobby. We are professionals in what we do. We should be able to look at a helicopter kit and go, "I like that design," or "I don't like that specific design." So check it out. All right, still need to fly it though. And this is all opinion too. Like, we're not bashing. Yeah, we're not brand bashing. We're not talking shit. We're literally just making observations that with this, I like this. This is a feature I enjoy. I'm not really a fan of this style. It doesn't matter what brand it is. I don't like the way that was engineered or how that works. Or this is annoying when I do this. So that mm. kind of shit. Yeah, exactly. We're going to talk about, we're going to stay kind of in 550 and larger size for the purposes of this episode. And, you know, maybe if this turns into something, we'll do it for uh, smaller than 550 in the future. But uh, we're going to kind of start with, I think, XL Power for now and uh, give our impressions. So starting at the 550 size, uh, we're looking at the Nimbus 550 to start with, one that I have in my fleet and have enjoyed a lot. But let's, let's, uh, let's kick things off there. Unless Maybe we should start with the classic, actually. Let's go even one back from that. So what, The V1? No, so the XL Power 520 slash 550. So. Yeah. So the ExoPower came as either a 520 or you could stretch it to 550. It's just, it's one of those fantastic beginner models. It was my first kit build helicopter uh, was the ExoPower 550. And it just, I don't know, it's that magic like size where it really starts to fly like a big helicopter. The kit was very basic, very easy to build. Manual left a little to be desired. Um, and it flew fantastic. I think. There was a point here in Atlanta where there were nine guys with XL Power 550s. Like it was just the bird of choice where everyone was like, oh, you're looking for your first kit build? XL Power 550. So parts were plenty. If you were missing one, you could reach out and hit another guy. But it was good stuff. Anyone else uh, own one of the XL Power 550s or give them a try? Mm, I've flown them back. I mean, this is going back a little bit, but they flew pretty good. I can't complain about it. They, they crashed they okay. Good. Um, 
They're pretty. They're pretty nice helis for I think the price point, especially back in the day. They're the, they were priced really well. I think really yeah. competitive, if I remember correct correctly. Parts yeah, and parts. Yeah, well, I mean, even when in that era, parts were stupid cheap, not just cheap. They were dirt cheap. Yeah. So it was a great machine to to absolutely wreck all the time. Yeah, I never <laughs> flew. I never flew one, but you know, I've checked them out and looking at the pictures, the frame looks really sturdy. And like, I really like the shape of it, like where the battery goes in underneath, like that. And it just looks stout. So I could imagine it. Probably yeah, I mean, it, that, that XL five twenty that version is definitely like going back like an era. But when you compare it to today's helicopters you could definitely tell just the way the frames are sitting and everything it's just shaped differently and some of the and some of the mechanics is a little different but it was a great heli you know what yeah. you nailed that it's a different era and you know what it is boom support era yes it is it was That's a drastic true. departure in helicopter change when we all deleted boom supports everything else yeah. around them really changed too so it's interesting yeah. to say that yeah, yeah. that's very trapper i even forgot like we're so used to no boom supports now. I completely forgot that heli even had them. Yeah. 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 So, no battery tray on that heli, which although there were some guys that came out with some 3D printed ones that work pretty well. But no, um, didn't the battery slide in between the frames on that one, if I remember? Yeah. Like, kind of like the, the logo. And then you Velcro it. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. the logo 480. Yeah. Um, and it would just Velcro down with a couple of straps. And it wasn't that hard to get in and out. Um, no. It's not that big a deal. But. I yeah. thought it crashed pretty well. It autoed like a much larger helicopter. That the hang time on the 550 was actually really good. That's what I learned to auto on. And granted, I'm no nothing to write home about with autos, but it gave me a lot of confidence to start learning them for a helicopter that size, which was cool. Yeah, it's surprising too because it's belted. Yeah, uh, I agree. The battery thing was a little annoying, but it wasn't a big deal. Like Jamie Burkholder came up with a really good idea. He'd go to the field with the ruler. And he'd just stick the ruler in under the battery to separate the Velcro on the bottom and slide the battery out. And then he'd that's slide the battery idea. back in and pull the ruler back out and it would stick the Velcro. And I was like, holy shit, that's genius. So that, that is cool genius. I yeah. feel kind of stupid. I didn't think of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Me too. I saw him do it and I was like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's really smart. Yeah. But flew, flew absolutely awesome. The geometry was perfect. Light, like you said, one of the lightest small helicopters you can fly. Um, the only downside I think I know of is there was some issues with the grips loosening up a little bit with the bearings. I guess after a bunch of flights and stuff, uh, the aluminum maybe isn't the absolute best quality. Probably the reason that Nick Maxwell, you know, bumped his quality up on the NME version of his helicopter. Um, I think they'd start to kind of flare out a little bit and you'd get some play in the, in the grips in the bearing area. But other than that, though, that thing was stout. And the parts were so cheap, if it flared out and got play, it didn't matter. Put a new one on it. It was cheap. Absolutely awesome. Yep. And then what about the Nimbus? So some of the changes in the Nimbus over the 520-550 were uh, battery tray system, you know, new frame design, uh, more compact servo geometry uh, or servo layout. Probably a little lighter, I would think. Is it? I don't know. It, it feels just as light, if not lighter, but I've okay. not put it on a scale. It doesn't really matter as long as it feels that way in the air, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely feels super light. The canopy is a little smaller, which honestly, for me, visibility was a, a little harder on that helicopter. But once I changed to a, a different scheme it's for a color that was just better for me, it was much better. 
super light, super sprightly is the word that comes to mind, but right. Uh, agile off center for sure. Just flies great. Uh, great beginner first kit build again. You know, the manual is a notch above what that of the 52550s was. Really simple build. Didn't have any hiccups at all along the way. And uh, I really enjoyed it. The only reason I'm, I'm putting it in my scale bird is just that, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just gravitate towards the my other uh, helicopter that size. So I just haven't been giving it the airtime it deserves. But uh, great helicopter, man. Would highly recommend the Nimbus 550 to any beginner starting out uh, looking for a helicopter, you know, north of 500. Yeah, it's solid. I don't have any experience with it. I really want to fly one. So I'm really pleased to hear the fact it flies just as light. Um, my only gripe, again, no experience, but just observation. I don't like the whole tail control rod thing on top of the boom. Because that does that too, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's not the end of the world, but if you ever boom strike it, like, kiss that rod goodbye. And I've, I've done it a couple times where you just barely clink the tail and dent the boom. But it's, you know, still flyable. I think it would be game over for that helicopter, so you got to carry tail control rods, which, again, it's not the end of the world. It's just something small. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah if, we're, if we're doing small niggles for that helicopter, the tail fin is a problem for me. It's, it's really thin, so it disappears in the air really quickly. Hmm. And I, actually, there's some folks who've designed some 3D printed, or I think maybe Keith Williams might even sell a, a carbon larger tail fin for it. Yeah, I think uh, it does. But it, it's because it's so thin... Uh, if you do any sort of rearward sliding autos, <laughs> I'll often do an auto and then rack the tail towards me and kind of, we have this Tyvek runway or not Tyvek. What's that material they use? Plankers for runways, that fabric stuff. I know I it's right what there. It's called. I know. Whatever. It's not Tyvek, but it's some sort of woven fabric type material. But I would always like land, you know, come in, you know, uh, right to left and then sort of rack the tail towards you and, and slide it backwards and, and the helicopter kind of slides across the runway well i toe picked the tail fin that way because it's got the little <laughs> nib on the bottom and literally didn't even notice i'd ripped the tail fin right off the helicopter Ooh. until a couple flights later when i saw it sticking straight up from the runway <laughs> yeah uh, it was just sitting there hanging out <laughs> um, that was a funny ass picture you posted about that that was funny yeah, yeah. so the tail fin's a little fragile on that that's that's my only complaint about the helicopter i do wonder what you call that it was i've always called it a textile runway but i don't know what that was cool. You got me wondering. There's a word for the material, and it's it's gonna kill me when I think of it. I'll think of it as soon as we press stop. Fabric. Fabric. Holy fabric. After Nick's done with it. Yeah. It's pokey. It's pokey, pokey. That one has a battery tray, right? Yeah, it does. Do they do the power plug thing, like the 700, where you can put it on the tray and it's like loads from yep. the back to the front? Yep. You can get the power plug tray. There's a stretch kit for it, so you can take it from uh, 550 to 650. Oh, well, which I don't, I don't know. I don't love the look of stretched helicopters sometimes. Like the 520 to 550 was such a small stretch. It looked great. Mm -hmm. But when you add a lot of lengths to the boom, it always looks like the canopy is too small to me. So, yeah, there's always like those synergy. What is it? The, not the N5C, but the E5 super stretch. I think they call it. It always looked like super long and low to the ground because it's such a small heli with such a long boom. It was like 700 size on a. 550 yeah yeah it looks weird. crazy but cool heli for sure i think i think that's a absolute solid starter heli and it's an absolute solid heli for a dude that wants to fly really hard 3d blast it in the ground and don't worry about park costs yep 100 percent. totally agree 
and it's I mean it's not inexpensive to to kit out, but there's a lot of budget servos in that size. There's a lot of great motor choices that don't break the bank. And it's a single pack Kelly. You can run it single pack. Yep. Oh, that's actually something we forgot about the 52550. It's only a single pack Kelly, right? Yep. Yeah. Is yeah, the, where's... Nimbus, the Nimbus you can run 12S? Yeah. I don't know anyone running at 12S, but you can. Maybe yeah. when you stretch it to 650, it makes a little more sense. Maybe. I always like a, a super light 550, 600 size, like light as you can get. Yeah. All right, so what else we got from XL Power? So we're kind of moving up to the 700 size. They don't really have a dedicated 600 uh, other than stretching the Nimbus to the 650. Uh, so in the, there is the classic, you know, 700 V1, uh, which, you know, you might find a kit on the shelf, but is not really being sold. Parts are still supported, uh, which was a classic helicopter. Man. Yeah. Tons of people cut their teeth on that one. Loved it. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, I've messed yeah. with one last week. It's a good heli. Not much to complain about. I mean, if we are going to complain about something, that head block main shaft design could have been better. Maybe more intuitive, because I know a couple of people that missed those holes. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of people that definitely did not seat that head down all the way and only had one bolt actually going through the main shaft. Oh, man. So... Yeah. It's easy to do, and then you get these questions like, how come my pitch isn't right, and my links are at their full length, and I still don't have positive pitch? You're like, uh-oh. Oh, it's <laughs> about to fly off the heli. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow. I don't want to spend too much time on the V1, because really... I got a couple things, though. All right, and they really highlight the changes to the V2. Yes. Do it. My biggest gripe, canopy fitment. The battery had to be so far forwards to get CG right, and then the canopy, the snout of it had so little room. So like you could barely fit connectors in there. If you used a Y harness, like there's no chance you're not getting that canopy on there. Um, that is true. Yeah. Lies. I don't know. I used a Y harness, had no trouble. Oh my yeah, God. You probably used little wussy small packs. <laughs> you probably had shitty CG. No, <laughs> well, maybe. Um, I think that was pretty much it. I mean, the canopy. Tailbone supports. Decent. I didn't like the paint job. Like, you know, in the days of all these like crazy paint jobs and stuff, like a line can crank out these really cool airbrush looks. Um, I wasn't thrilled with the whole flat, you know, yellow and, and orange where it had no depth to it, you know? It was just glossy, hard lines. And I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. But the other canopies it came out with, like the red and white and everything, the aftermarket ones, they look sweet. Especially that blue and yellow white they did. That was pretty cool. Dude, I'm looking at one of those right over here on the shelf. It's the only thing I kept from my V1. But oh, uh, I love it. It's such a beautiful canopy. Canopy. I have one that's red, white, and faded that has signatures on the side. Con Pinoy on one side, and then Torek Al-Sadi on the other in Sharpie. Nice. Yeah. I'll never, never fly it, never get rid of it. But it flew super good. It was just, it was light. It felt like a missile in the air. Um, stock gearing and everything with a 530 kV motor was ballistic it was great so you didn't have to buy a pinion with every kit like you do with some of them um i hate the fact there's boom supports but in all fairness it came from a time when there was boom supports and everything so i can't fault it for that tail belt was a little iffy they had a couple variations of it i think they got it figured out finally um a lot of variations on the tail too i think there were yeah. three in the end was, yeah that tail control lever was a little iffy with the, what they did for design but they, they got it in the end again. It was just, you know, development and stuff. They, they got it dialed. I think that was it. Yeah. There was, I had some issues with like bolts coming loose, but 
I think that just might have been the way that they um, maybe had oil in some of the holes after machining or something, or the tolerances and the anodizing, something like that. But not a big deal, you know. You just relock tight stuff after a while. They stopped backing out, but it flew awesome. I will. Uh, if someone said you don't want to fly one, I'd say, "Yep, let's go." <laughs> All right, that moves us into kind of the latest generation of the 700s from XL Power. Uh, and that is, you know, I'm curious, actually. So there's the V2, the Spectre V2, and then the Spectre V2 NME, the Nick Maxwell edition. Hmm. I wonder, like, are they just going to discontinue the V2 and just support parts because everyone buys the NME? Or are there consumers out there that go, I don't really need the NME the Spectre V2 is a tiny bit cheaper. I'm going to go that route. I don't do know. How many, do you want it signed off on or not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you get the upgraded aluminum in the head and a number of, you know, worthwhile upgrades, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. So would you would anyone buy a V2 given the choice instead of the NME? Yeah, mm. everyone loves black anodized heads. So I, cool. I wouldn't. I, if I had a choice, I'd go with the, MM, uh, the NME. Um, yeah. That, in fact, I have one, but. So I don't know. That that that's kind of I think it depends on the person. Yeah, maybe unless you're frugal and you don't know the difference, you know, that yeah. you know, reason. I mean, the prices are close, like you say, but they're really not because blades come with the regular one, right? And I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, you get blades with the regular one. You don't get it with the enemy. Do you get blades with the regular one? Yep, you get it as yours. I know this. I bought one. Okay. I think you only get them with some. I'm pretty sure it's the one that's priced accordingly. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, so you can buy it in a variety of flavors. So the one without blades is 850 bucks, essentially. And how much is the enemy? Enemy with no blades is 949 So it's $100. It's about the set of blades price, right? Yeah, r yeah. roughly, right? The kit with blades is priced the same as the enemy. With, oh, yeah, yeah so 950 yeah. Okay. Yes, but I think you probably got a hundred more than a hundred dollars worth of, of aluminum upgrades on that enemy, though, if you were to buy them separate, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, I think so. But dollar for dollar, like if you were to sell the original parts and buy the new stuff, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because you don't get both, so I don't know if you can really justify it that way. I don't know. I know the enemy does fly really well, though. I have one. I mean, I converted it to a gasser, but I have one. <coughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. I love um, gassers. It's just fun to, fun to do. So it was, it was pretty good. I do, I only have really one complaint about the helicopter. They got a lot more about you. Yeah, I don't really care. No, I, I think the bearing tolerances in most of the, like for the main shaft and the bearing box could have been a lot better. And at least in my kit, when I got it, they were pretty, it, they wiggled inside the bearing block. It was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll give you that because normally I don't use green Loctite or anything on that kit. I bought green Loctite. Yeah, so I had to go out and buy another bottle. Yeah, it was I was, which isn't the end of the world, I suppose. But I was, I was kind of for what the kit was. I was kind of expecting more of and maybe you use green Loctite as a precaution, and all the bearings are press fit. That would been that would have been kind of nice. Yeah, but it is what it is. Yeah, I'd much rather push them in with an arbor press and know yes. they're in there. What yeah. I ended up doing too was I, um, what do you call it? You know those little drill punches? Yeah. I did four, four drill punches around 
like the ones that were a little too loose, kind of flare yeah, the yeah. aluminum out. Yeah, to and flare then, it like, out and act like a ridge to hold a bearing into. Yeah, so, yeah, that tightened things up substantially. So that with green Loctite, I was ready to party. It was it was good at that point. Okay, good. Yeah, that is my only complaint about the helicopter. Everything else went together really smooth, really nice. The kit, the kit build took me a little while, primarily because of that issue. So put that aside. It it all went together nice. It was all sm- super smooth, and it flew the kind of the way you expected it to when you were buying it. You know, you're spending a lot of money on that kit, and it flies just as good as you're hoping it does once you get it all together. Again, I flew an electric version, and it was absolutely beautiful in the air. Loved it. Yeah. It's the same with the gasser. It, it, it's on rails. It really is. Yeah. I owned a V2. Uh, I've not never flown the NME, but my V2, man, at 1400 RPM was butter. It was just so smooth. Sounded awesome. Flew great. Uh, really liked that helicopter. And I love the battery tray design again. So I was such a sucker for that. Just slide in the pack and go fly. Don't take the canopy off. Don't do anything. It's pretty cool. That was kind of expensive, though. It was like an additional 150 bucks in stuff per tray or something. Yeah, I don't know. You gotta pay to play. It's not a cheap hobby. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> if you want, like, convenience like that, like, don't take your canopy off and just slap in a battery and go fly, like, you're gonna have to pay for it. But or buy a nitro. A great idea. No, that's yeah. fair. And I think they even did an AS-150 version, so... Yes, I did. I do yeah. remember. Yes, I did. Wicked cool. I run those connectors now just because they're so readily available. Oh, you switched? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it happened because I couldn't buy any um, RC Pro Plus before an event. Yeah. And the other ones were on Amazon, and the I could have them next day. And I was like, I just, I have to do this. I'm sorry. So I swamped over. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta do what you gotta do, though. Yeah. But uh, no, nothing against RC Pro Plus. I actually probably like them a little more. The quality is better on RC Pro Plus, and I do regret the decision slightly, but not entirely. So back to the helicopter. Sorry for yeah. digressing there. I love the fact it's a no-till boom support helicopter. Yes. It has a tail control on top, again, which, again, is cool, but sometimes you whack it with a boom strike. It's just part of it, I guess. Tail fin, super small, except on the NME, they made it bigger, which is nice. Yep. Love the black anodizing on the NME. Uh, it's cool you got it signed 300 times from Nick Maxwell. It's pretty dope. Battery tray design's really cool. It's a lot better than the original V1 that had those uh, little screw-in cubes that had a hole in them. It's like a side-loaded net one now that's super cool. Not side-loaded, but like a side latch. Um, same basic latch handle. Uh, metal quality's good on the enemy. I-, I like the links. I had no issues with links and stuff. I think it was pretty good. Yeah, it was, overall, it was overall a really good kit. Yeah, oh, and V2 canopy. Way more room, way easier to fit in the helicopter. Way nicer, too, honestly. Yeah, the paint on it is so much nicer. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. You talk about the top-mounted uh, tail control rod, tail push rod. Uh, you know, a lot of folks that were saying, oh, I don't know about that, and blah, 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 this, and blah, 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 that. And I always felt like, well, if you're going to boom strike it, you're going to take out the boom, too. And in any of those incidences on any call, helicopter, even with the push oh. rod underneath, you're going to take out both anyway. But if then... You- yeah, but if you take out the tail boom from a boom strike, the heli's probably totaled anyway. Yeah, but you don't always take it out. Is yeah. What I'm trying to say. So well, I was referring to- yeah, that's where I'm going is okay. on Wednesday, we had a guy flying a Spectre uh, V2 who had like a really minor flub on an auto, like just kind of came in a little hard. No big deal. 
and it didn't boom strike, but it took out the tail push rod. Exactly. And so I like, wonder if the tail push rod not been there, would it just like have been fine and it wouldn't even have hit the boom? Exactly. And it happens. I mean, of a couple of helicopters, you just hear the ding in the air when you just barely nick the boom and you're like, whoop, that was close. Yeah. So, like shit happens. It doesn't happen all the time. It's not a big design flaw. It's just, it's something. It's something that's maybe not what I like for what I do. Yeah. Has anybody yeah. heard of someone taking out the push rod in the air? No, I don't think so. I, I think it's always been story. like watched autos and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, one more thing before we move on. I really love the gymungous platform in the front for your fly barless unit and whatever other electronics you want to put there as long as wherever you want to park your rental car, right in front of the, the section there, <laughs> under the speed controller. It's so cool having that much room. And the wiring from all the servos and stuff can go down there, and it's just, it's open. So it, when I did Futaba, it was easy to wire in and put all those Futaba telemetry things in there to try and get that to work. Swapped it to V-Bar, all the V-Bar stuff sat in there, the antennas went back all nicey-nice, like super clean. I would say second best wiring on a 700. Yeah, I like that you can swap the ESC wires for just two little short guys and yeah. super clean. Not yep. run, deal with running that all the way down the frame. So that's cool. Good design. I feel like maybe we don't want to get into nitros. Like we leave that for another episode down the road because there's probably plenty to talk about there too. Okay. I don't know. What do you guys Aww. think? You can, you can cut that's out nitros. Fine. That's okay. You can do it. Though. I was just, you're, you're looking at a lion, aren't you? No, oh. I wasn't looking at anything. I was just wondering if we want to get into it. Oh, I was just going to complain about the gearbox and the XN, <laughs> but they did we away did with nitros it. here. Yeah, sort of to highlight the new one, but we we can skip them. We'll do a, we'll do another episode, a we special later, edition yeah. on okay. nitros because there's a whole other section of like engine removal and shit, and and fuel tube running, and all these things that you got to think about for a nitro that doesn't matter in electric. So I yeah. agree. Let's, let's do that. Plus, after spring fling, you guys will get time on the Nitron 90, on... Uh, we will? The Spectre Nitro, I'm sure somebody's going to throw at you to fly. Hopefully. Uh, I've already flown one of those, so only Scott needs it. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, yeah. I think... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Scott, you could try. I think, Frank, we're going to build one with Frank in Virginia, so... Oh, sweet. Okay. I'll let you fly my, uh, my Tron. Oh, sick. Yeah, I would, uh, I've been hearing really good things about that helicopter, to be honest. So, give it a shot. Yeah, I uh, was watching Sean enjoy his on Wednesday. Uh, he's really getting that thing dialed in. It looks really good. Yeah, it really does. All right, what's, All right. what's on the list next? Where are we going next, Rob? Pick a brand. Pick a brand. Mm. Pick a brand. Pick a, any brand. I don't know. Let's do um, Elijah. Walkera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Walkera. Uh, the Walkera 43B that was my first RC helicopter the worst mistake of my life but the neatest little <laughs> cutest little bug can't learn on that but yeah let's talk about a line a little bit you know they've been in the game for a long ass time their you know, vacuum I, cleaners are pretty cool dude when I discovered uh, they sell vacuum cleaners <laughs> I was like no way their jeans are cooler they're just, oh I know what you're talking about my dad has a pair of those he has the a pair of Yeah, that say a line yeah. on the ass. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> so, you know, the, that brand gets some shit every now and then, you know what I'm saying? But haters are going to hate no matter what. But that brand has been around for forever. It's You know what I'm saying? And, you know, they've had hits and they've had misses and stuff like that. And, and I'll admit that in my uh, 
my past life in the helis before I got out for a little while, I was one of those guys that would be quick to scoff at it, like, oh, look at these Align fanboys, one of them flying Align helicopters everywhere. And I kind of now look back at it and I realize I probably was missing out on a little bit of that experience because they were making some good ass helis. That 450, the Align 450 for a while was like the thing. And the Align 700 back then, and the 600, when the 600 came around, you know, I remember back then going around, it seemed like everybody and their grandpa had an Align 600, right? And fast forward to now, I've got the one Dan gave me on on the shelf, and I really like the way that that flies. I mean, this is coming from a guy in the lower third of this whole heli spectrum, you know what I'm saying? And so right now, it's the biggest heli I've got, you know, and that and the SAB 570 are my top performers. I'd, I'd say if I put them neck to neck, this SAB probably is better overall as a helicopter, but Still, I really love that thing, you know, so I'm, you know, I haven't personally had any, you know, real world experience with any of the new stuff, but, you know, I'm, I dig it. I dig, you know, I don't really, I mean, I understand we, there was all the hullabaloo about, is it copying this and that and whatever else, but in the end, you know, they put together a really good machine. They had some hurdles there and it just, you know, on paper looks great. The videos that I watched of people find it look really good. I, I really like to hear personal anecdotes from somebody that's flown you know, one of the new 700s. So, but anyway, that's my little brief dissertation on Elijah as a brand, you know, yeah, I, that I was, dig it in general. That was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. It's kind of summed it up for all the past many years. Yeah. Tons. So what, what do we, which one do we, do we want to go from old and then hit the new or? Yeah. All right. So the 700X, that was actually a really good helicopter when it came out. Yeah. It was a really nice... I mean, I I did find that it had one pretty major flaw in the tail gears. If, uh, yeah. Um, Are they kind of soft the, or what? The, the tail gears didn't like really fast movements. So snappy stuff, anything along that nature, you would take out a set, like the mushroom gear in the tail. Mm, so, sure, sure. That was one of their, a little bit of their flaws, but that was the only one that I really remember on that helicopter, is that you could, if you're really hard on the tail, you'll, you'll take out some tail gears. Yeah, and the tail grips had a couple different revisions. There was issues with them popping off early. They used the wrong size bolt, I guess. Not really the bolt, just the grips were undersized for what they were. And then they bumped up to like this really massive grip. But when you coupled it with a line 105 tails, it would hum really bad and vibrate really bad. So you'd have to swap the tail blades out for a different brand or a different size, and it would clean up and be awesome. Other yeah. than those two things, the tail gears and that weird tail harmonic, badass helicopter. Yeah, it flies really, really good. good. Yeah. Light, too. Light as shit. Like, yeah. I didn't expect that. Yeah, those, um, that, that was, was that a line's, like, newer style at, at doing stacked frames the way they did? If I remember correctly, because yeah, that was, was like stacked injection, in a way, injection molded plastic stacked frames. Yes, it was very, like they're like carbon in plastic. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it looks real aggressive. It was a very, it was a pretty rigid helicopter. It was, and they yeah. started they started that whole stance thing, not stance thing, but like <laughs> like, like the Carolina yeah. squat trucks, but yeah. get backwards the, the rake. rake on the yeah, they yeah. kind of did though. To the they were one of the first ones on the 700s, at least that I remember. Yeah, and then they did the um, the really cool battery tray in the 700, the machined aluminum. Yes, I do remember yeah, that. That shit was nice. They were super nice. 
and it had like a quick a button release on the front of the heli to release the battery. Yeah, the the chrome button. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Then they had that on the six hundred too, right? Right in the front, right? I think Where that button was amongst. Nose I think whatever. that button it even went back to their old seven hundred electrics because the old seven hundred yeah. electrics were top mounted rails, and the and the button would clip down to lock the battery tray, and yep. you press up the button to pull the battery tray out. Yep, you push the button, slide it out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like we talked about that uh, that uh, voltage regulator. You know, this this company's been around for so long. You know, something like that, for instance, they figured out uh, a neat trick for the batteries and it works across a bunch of helis. Why change something good? Exactly. You know, unless you come up with something better, just leave it. So I kind of dig that. And plus, you know, I, I don't know, I guess, and again, I'm I'm a little less uh, well-versed than you guys are with this, but when I look at it, it kind of looks just glancing at it like that front nose stub piece for the 700 and the 600 might be close to the same size. I don't know if they're interchangeable. Maybe one's longer. Or a slightly wider. I don't I, know. I don't know. I actually never shape. really paid any any attention to that. So hmm, yeah. So I'm not too sure. I'll, I it, the 700X was a very very good helicopter when it came out. Again, that's kind of it's kind of a different era of helicopter. Still had the boom supports, but again, we're going. It's a different era of helicopter. So that's okay. Nothing to down on that. But when that heli came out. A lot of people really liked that heli. A lot of people had it, and it really it, they they were all over the place. So it was it was just really good. That heli was really good. Yeah, that's all I can sum it up at. I dig that rent anodized. Is that aluminum piece between there? Is that a plastic shroud that goes between the two stacks there? What the frames? It's plastic. It's plastic. It's yeah. cool looking. It'd be I I I don't know this, but I would gather that people probably customized them and made them different colors and shit. I imagine you could if you wanted to, like, like I know some some people with um, the plastic landing gears will dip them to change the color and stuff like that. So yeah. possibly, probably not. The red looked pretty good on it, especially since Align's pretty well known for doing their anodized red heads and everything like that. So Ooh, yeah, yeah. But, Weren't they all on the blue for a while way back in the day? I feel like the, blue was the thing to have back in the day. I thought, yeah. uh, yes, the, oh yes, the Blade 450 fly bar, the whole fly bar was blue and the stuff like shebang. that. Oh, yeah. He means the Hurex 450 SE was this really light anodized blue. Yes. And that yeah. was like their signature. And then yeah. after that, with the bigger helis, they went to this like weird OD green and silver color. It was like a gray green anodizing. And then they did black for the 700s originally. Then they went to silver. And then they did the red and the silver with the FL head and onwards. Yes. Yep. Now it's tuxedo white. Cool. Well, that, that's pretty good for that helicopter, I'd say. Now let's get into some of the yeah, newer stuff. stuff. So TB70. Well, no one's touched one yet. No, I, I haven't even seen one, to be honest. Yeah. I've just seen pictures of 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 renderings of it, nothing even 3D. Yeah, I see positive. I look sweet. I love the the style. I mean, yes, obviously it's super similar to a raw, but that's okay. You're allowed to have more than one car manufacturer make a car that looks the same. Um, <laughs> the the big tail boom's cool. Tail case is cool. Belt driven, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is cool. Although there's some mixed information about a photo. On the nitro with a gear, which I hope that's not the case, but we'll I don't see know what you're talking goes. about. You don't know what I'm talking what about. What is that? What is that gear? 
What are you talking about? Was that is that not public knowledge? No, it is. It is. It yeah, is. We're joking because I called the nitro belt driven and it's torque tube. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. God, you scared me. I'm like, shit. Was that not this group? Was that like something else? Was that no, that was here. <laughs> I, and I was like, where did I hear this now? Did I just screw up? <laughs> yeah, you know that whole thing where like you assume makes an ass out of you and me. Well, I assumed it was belt driven, like the TN70 TB70. Sorry. And it ain't. It's a torque tube. I hope. I hope they do optional conversions, or you have the ability to swap it out, which I assume would be a thing with the belted version of the TB. Yeah, like swap the gear train. Yeah, because yeah. honestly, like I'm, I'm so over torque tube. And you can argue, oh, they auto better. They're more precise. It's easier. Well, yeah, that that's cool. For me, nitro is to abuse the ever living shit out of, especially an aligned nitro. Like, let's be honest. Are you really <laughs> flying an aligned nitro looking for the utmost of precision, or are you going to opt for maybe another brand, a little bit more prestige that runs, you know, shaft driven tails to get that kind of precision? But it's for abuse. This is for late nights at RCHO, beat the ever living shit out of it, burn some nitro, and tear tail blades through the ground. That's exactly and what their use is. I can't yeah. do that with the tail gears, you know? So I no. hope they give an option for belt because that thing would be unstoppable with that combo, I believe. A cheap, beefy, raw style nitro with a tail belt. That is the equation. Nah, piano mm. wire. <laughs> yeah you got your soft stop right there it's built in all right all right so that's that so all right. the only thing i would say about the tv70 is it, it you know it went through its growing pains right i feel like uh, aligns what appears to me biggest weakness is that they don't do enough testing like they're not putting it in the hands of enough pilots for enough time before they release so we saw issues with the motor belt we saw issues with the pinion slipping and whatnot and then yes there were a combination of some parts provided and some upgrade parts being offered you know i kind of wish they would stop that and just you know say every kit from here on out is going to include all of these things and if you bought one hit us up and we'll get you free versions of these things so you know a couple of growing pains on the tb7 now which is fine right it's a brand new helicopter it's a new line of helicopters we're a small hobby i expect growing pain things to happen when you put it in the hands of, of a larger testing body, these things are going to happen. But I wish they'd handle that a little better. But so something to keep in mind, if you're an early adopter of Align Helicopters, you may have to deal with a couple of little parts you need to replace along the way. Yeah. Which, uh, which is pretty much a, goes along with the Align brand. So that's, I hate to say it, but pretty common yeah. in Align to need to do an upgrade part, it is. isn't it? But, you know, as we're comparing brands, it's something to think about. Or, yeah. honestly, when they release a new helicopter, you just wait three months, let everybody else work out the kinks, pay attention as to which parts you need to replace, and then order it and factor in the cost of those, you know, which aren't huge, you know, a couple little parts here and there. Yeah, that true. True, true, true. Yeah, that's, that's good, yeah. yeah. TB70? It's definitely lightweight. The one I saw didn't, you know, was a very lightweight 700. For yeah, sure. I think you've, you're the only one here that's actually seen one and held one in person, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I haven't seen one yet. You touched one. I'm guessing I'll probably see one in Virginia. If I don't, I'll be surprised. Yeah, I'm sure you will. I'll have to take a look at it. I bet Scott wants to touch one. I'm, I want to touch one. I want to see... So when I'm there, I want to see a TB70... Oh, shit, no. 
I wanted to see a TB70 because I was going to go buy the kit that comes with everything with the ESC combo because it was like a really good price because I yeah. didn't have an electric. I have three now. Yeah. No, oh, you that kind of that kind of dwindles that down, don't it? Yeah, I don't think I'm going to buy one anymore. Oh, well, you could still look at it. Nah, because I'm going to play one it then. No, oh, yeah, true. Is I'll just hide so... it from you. Dude, in, in Scott Graham months, we're only like 0. 0.05 months into the year. Like, yeah, you can sell <laughs> all true. those electrics and change your whole fleet out to a line before the end of the year. Before the next episode, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think you know Scott's speed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you hustler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I've seen, yeah, Scott can do that, trust me. Seen it, it was a running joke. I mean, it was like literally on the Helihead show, every, every other week we would record. And my fleet was different every every single episode. I had a different fleet. That's funny though. It was insane. That's funny though. I just like changing it up. I don't know. And then no. like the longest time I stayed with one thing is when I was on SAB team. That is true. Um, yeah, and I, even then, like I was going back and forth between Krakens and Raws. Like I did it like three times. He's cracking it like, A rainbow of Raws in your house. So wasn't there one picture I think I saw where you had like six Raws or something crazy? <laughs> yeah. I had, I had two raws, two electric raws, two nitro. I'm sorry. Oh no, I did have. I'm thinking Krakens. God, I had a rainbow of Krakens too. But yeah, I had a a green one, a yellow one, a red one, a blue one, <laughs> all hung up in my closet. <laughs> yeah, that That's was. Impressive. I forgot about that, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, and they were all pretty... like fully decked out in the color, so like canopy and boom matching. Yeah, that's pretty neat, man. That was fun. Hmm. You heli addict. Whoa. Yeah. Right. Where were we? Aligns. Yeah. TB, oh, sorry. Yeah. TB60, TB60. We have more. Okay. Okay. So, I don't even know what anything about. That. Haven't even seen yeah. one. No, Honestly, no. Yeah. Yet to be released. Not a lot of details out yet. Okay. Uh, in TB70. Next. It's <laughs> I'm sure it'll be just like its big brother, and you'll need to upgrade something. Um, yeah, we'll see. Or maybe they learned a few lessons. I know we said we weren't going to brand bash, but <laughs> Jesus, that's not brand bashing. That's oh, truth. that was being kind it's... and pretty. <laughs> not the nicest yeah. way to put the truth, but it's the yeah. truth. I'm glad you're my friend. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. Scott, he's a great guy, but total dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Used to be an SAB right. fanboy. All right. Ready? I still um, am, bitch. Yeah. Okay. I so feel like them. We can't close out a line without saying that their affordability brings a lot of people to the hobby and keeps a lot of people in the hobby. So, There's, yes, that know, is they very play true. an important role in the hobby for sure. So yeah, we might tease them a little bit about the way they release helis and some of the upgrade shenanigans, but you know they play an important part, and they're still a very significant part of helicopter sales. Yes, yeah, most they will definitely. always they will always conquer our heart. Yes, they will always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Throw it out of my lips, damn it! Dang it, then. Damn, freaking love machine did it again. Oh yeah. All right, what's next? What brand are we going to next, Rob? I don't. Oh, why is, Rob always gets to pick. It's your turn to pick, Nick. Is it? Yeah. I'm trying to pour another glass of wine here. Jesus. Well, I'll uh, do multitasking. All right. Uh, I'm gonna put you in the hot seat, Devin. Let's talk oxy. Oh, Oxy. Okay. Oxymoron. It's, it's almost Friday. It's Oxy almost Friday. Friday. It's almost Friday. Okay. 50 more minutes, it'll be Friday. That you are right. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. 
Oxy 5, Oxy 5 HF, Oxy Flash. Which ones you want to do? Well, let's start with the 5. Okay, Oxy 5. That was the first one we released. Who's actually seen one? I know Scott has. I'm pretty sure Scott's owned one. An Oxy 5? I've owned like three of them. Yeah. I think Stretch pictures. And unstretched. Yeah, both. Never flown an Oxy, but seen them all except for the Flash. Okay, good, good. So, what's, what's your guy's opinion on it? Me, 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 me. Okay, go ahead, Scott. You raised your hand so nicely. All right. Very first helicopter. Well, not very first one. Very first one I owned was 550 configuration. I ran it 6S. It was light. It was nimble. It reminded me so much of the, um, uh, the what do you call it? The 520, 550 helicopter from XL Power as far oh, as flight characteristics. Yeah. It was great. Um, didn't like the original skids, the carbon ones. The new plastic ones were great. Um, I'm I'm sure Luca wasn't happy when we started making them go backwards because it looked better that way instead of toe in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else? Battery tray was a really cool concept, but sometimes with 6s it didn't work as well because it was it flexed. But so, a cool concept. I loved I loved putting it in and smacking it like. It was, it yeah, was and hearing the click like a like the gun lock was closing. Yeah, I like that was cool. I, yeah. I approve of that. Side frames, I, I broke more of those than I wanted to, just because of the skids were held on with like smaller bolts with no washers. Yeah, they tend to pull through sometimes if you hit yeah. those stacked frames in the wrong yeah. way. So that is true. Um, what else? It was really solid. I think that was my favorite configuration between that and a six hundred because then I stretched one of them. And it flew great, both of which were running at, I think, Bank 3 was like 2,800 RPM, which was, that's when it really comes alive, and that thing's a missile. Um, but I, my only complaint was I bent swashes when I stretched it to 600. Yeah. 550, I could plow it in, and not a problem. The thing actually fared really, really well, kind of like SAB stuff does. I didn't have to replace a lot. But as soon as I stretched it, I don't know if it was just that extra inertia in the blades or what, or the taller head or something, but it was transmitting that force down into the swash plate. And I kept, I bent like three of them in a row and I was like, fuck. Yeah. So, yeah. I tend, I tend, I'll be honest, I tend to eat swash bearings in the 600 configuration a lot. Mm, okay. That's, that's my, I don't bend them, I physically bend them, but the, usually I'll eat the bearings. Okay. I think uh, maybe. 3,000 RPM has something to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, not on that heli, on the nitros I do it on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nah, I, when I, when, if I crash that Ox to HF, it's, it's, it, it fares pretty well for 3,000 RPM, but there's some stuff that gets hurt. Yeah, let me clarify that too. I never bent anything in flight. If you never crashed it, the thing is beautiful. The only time I bent this wash was when I tipped it over. I yeah, I have never bent anything in flight. I mean, I've even, I even have a hard time on crashes physically bending any of the shafts either. They're really hard. Yes, I will I will I give them that. I've never yeah. bent any of the shafts. I don't want to hear any jokes. Just don't want to hear it. I yeah. love helicopters with hard shafts, and I like it because <laughs> I don't like to replace shafts, and I don't like chasing vibrations. If yeah. I can roasted in yes. and i don't crash that hard i usually just clip blades and stuff so if i can clip some blades and you know snap the tips and then put some new blades on it fix pitch arms and go fly again that's my shit because yeah. i don't have time to wrench i don't have time to work on things 
you can argue that parts are super cheap and it's not an expensive crash. If I have to do half a teardown on the helicopter, I don't want anything to do with it. Yes. Like, I just want to do pitch arms, blades, maybe some small things, and let's go fly again. Now, how is your experience, because I know you've probably done it quite a bit, when you were bending the boom, uh, if you bent the tail boom, how often did the push rod snap? <laughs> not very much. Um, okay. I usually would have, I've bent, funny you say that, I've bent the boom a few times and continued to fly it at events. With yes. a big old kink in the boom, yeah. like four times, and yeah. it takes it. It doesn't give a shit. No, and the tail control rod actually has been fine. I haven't had a problem. With yeah, because I, really like I, I will say, one of the best things that, about that that's kind of harder to find on some other helis is the fact that the tail servo is not on an oxy is not mounted in a fixed position. Mm, so, yeah. if you bend a tail boom and you do not break that push rod. Do not change any of your tail servo settings when you put on a new tail boom, if you have to. Do not change them. You just move the servo until your endpoints are where they should be, or you could do your center, either one, and you tighten it back up and it's done. No tail servo endpoints at all. That's yeah, one of I the like big this. things I liked about it, because it's literally just slide the servo around, boom, it's done, tighten it, go fly. Yeah. I think I had one of the early kits. And I think my boom was like undersized or the servo bracket was oversized and it slipped around a couple times. Yeah. But I just slapped a sticker under it and it fixed it. And I had a newer kit and it didn't do it. So, yeah, that was yeah. one of the, when I got mine, that was one. I was like, that's, I really like that. That yeah. just the sliding servo on the tail boom. That's really cool. Okay. Yeah. Plus if you cut the tail off and, and yeet it. Dude, uh, have you seen, have, I don't know if you saw the picture of what I did to mine. I, no. I, I was in Virginia, I was with Shaggy, and I, I had just built the Oxy, my Oxy 5, and I, for, I didn't change the dampeners when I put it together. Mm -hmm. I just left the stock, they were more, like sport mild 3D dampeners, yeah. I didn't put the Delrin ones in it, and I literally cut through the boom where you could see the belt just zipping by as you're flying. And, and, oh, it's still fine, all right. And kept going. <laughs> they were all like, how? It, it literally, literally, one side of the boom was cut through, and then the other, it was holding on by, the, like, a top portion in the side. That's it. That was a pretty, my worst boom strike on that heli, which was totally my fault. 100% my fault. But, yeah, I, I really liked it. It was a really good heli when it came out, and it's not even that old of a heli. No, it's still completely relevant. Yeah. It's boom supportless. It's light, good modular side frame. So if you bust a frame, you just slap a new frame on it where the upper part, wherever the, all the electronics are, the core is really robust. So yeah. I've, I've never, you have to crash it pretty. I can't, I won't say never because I have broken those frames, but I, it was like full, like complete, stupid, like brown alert, like full throttle into the ground. <laughs> brown alert. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it was like no throttle hold straight into the ground. Yeah. yeah, you have to crash it really hard to break those upper frames, like any other stack frame design. Yeah. Those upper frames are always really hard to break on most helis. So, but yeah, great heli. I love it. And then we come down here and we have the Oxy 5 HF, which everyone has probably seen me fly a thousand times. You know, I have one of those as well. Um, I got a question about that. Yeah. Were those limited production? Yes, well, they were intended to be originally. Okay. 
because I'm pretty sure you can even still get them now, I think. You okay. can, yeah. And so they were, uh, their original production limit was supposed to be 100 kits. Mm -hmm. And they did so well. We were, Luca was like, maybe I'll produce some more. And he did. So, yeah. So I'm just going to interrupt there for a second. Yeah. As, as a gripe, speaking of like special edition kits, stop doing special edition kits if you're a helicopter manufacturer. Like, this is not the hobby for that shit. This stuff breaks. This stuff hits the ground. It explodes. Like, stuff happens. I want to be able to get another one. I literally refuse to buy something that's limited production because it's not going to last. You know what I mean? So I'm, yeah. I'm so stoked that the HF is still available. So if, God forbid, I absolutely goof it, which Lord knows I will, I can go get another one and it's not the end of the world. Yeah, so that's yeah. what, uh, when we did it, when we, well, when we came out with it, it was meant, like I said, meant to be, I think it was a hundred kit limit and we sold those hundred kits in like the first like three weeks. It was like, holy shit. And we were like, all right. And it was kind of up in the air, whether we're going to continue production and all this and that. And you look on the website now, it's a, it's in production. It's been in production. You can go get a, a HF kit. So they, they are there. Sweet. So th that is a really good, I really love my HF. That's probably one of my most flown helis next to my Nitro. I think even Scott, you can back me on that. Yeah, that's the one I've seen you fly the most, and I love that black and white canopy. Yeah, mine. I mean, mine's absolutely destroyed, but it looks great. <laughs> um, so Oxy Five HF is basically if you take the Oxy Five and imagine like the Nick Maxwell that they did. That's basically our version of that step up kit, where it's just really beefy and meant to be a monster. That's that's what the heli is. Everything. The, the, the upgraded tail box with even we had, did another uh, running bearing for the tail belt and everything the head all nice uh we, the frame reinforcements that we did on that heli on the stacked frames instead of the standoff it's solid aluminum all the way across the stack frames to help rigidity a little bit it's just an like i said an upgraded like here you go like badass heli that you could do a lot too and it'll take it man that's a great looking helicopter i've always wanted one of the hfs I haven't gotten around to one yet but love the look of that helicopter and uh from personal experience it handles a very wide range of head speeds very wide i mean depending on because we have an option of i think four different motor pinions for it and even tail pulleys all the way from, I think, 19 tooth up to, on the tail, 19 tooth up to, I think, 22 we have, which is great for the ranges of RPMs you can run it at. And I, I mean, I personally fly mine. Mine tail becomes really efficient because I kind of turned it into a menace on purpose at like 2,700 to 3,000 is when the tail starts really coming alive on that heli. So. That's how I set mine up. I fly mine on 12S. You don't have to fly it on 12S. It, even though you can get it as both as a stretch or a non-stretch, it comes with both options when you buy the kit, the 550 tail boom and the 625 tail boom and two tail cases and tail belts for both tail booms. That's how they Damn. go. Uh, and a set of 625 blades, 550 blades, and two sets of 95 tail blades. 
This all comes in the kit. Yes. You just buy it and all that shit's in there. Holy yeah. shit. I never knew that. That's, yeah, that's a lot. It, 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 I that, need me an Oxy 5 Meg. Goddamn. <laughs> I mean, people, there was a lot to say about the price when we released it, but as people started getting, like, finally going, I just want it. It looks dope. And opening the box and realizing there's two full, complete tails in there, two sets of, t- of main blades and tail blades, the price became a little bit yeah. less arguable. You know? That makes perfect sense. Totally. So, great heli. I love that heli. Awesome. I fly it all the time. I've beat the absolute living shit out of it, and everyone else knows that. And it takes it. Great heli. It survives over the fire. Does great. All right. Well, let's nice. get into the helicopter. We can actually get a little easier. The Flash. Yeah. Uh, which is now in stock in, in at least a couple of places that I've seen. Yes. It's uh, getting... It's been very hard work for the past couple months on that heli, but we are getting good inventory on it now. I know they were, even when we did announce the release, they were still pretty hard to get. Yeah, because someone used up all the spare parts. Who are you talking about? (laughs) I don't know who you're talking about. Dirt magnet. (laughs) Quiet. (laughs) Don't tell them. Yeah. Um, No, I know, but back to what i was saying <laughs> in the beginning when we did i think the first batch was only around 50 kits so again pretty hard to get your hands on the first 50 kits and he the second batch was a was a bigger batch and he started getting inventory on parts and now it has really entered the market fully as he's getting parts in now and the kits are on their way that is a phenomenal helicopter phenomenal i that it flies so good i love mine i fly mine on 12s you don't have to fly it on 12s there's 8 8s and 10s options that we have i wouldn't go down the 6s on that it's still a 700 so wouldn't go that far down but i have seen 8s and i have seen 10s i personally fly 12s just go big or go home so but it flies amazing the uh the highest head speed we've really flown on that heli is right around, I think, 24, 25 is the highest we've flown. It's technically a little bit of a light, lightweight version, 700, so it's not meant for real screaming head speed. Yeah. So calm down on the head speed on this one a little bit. It's more designed to be a nice, smooth, little bit lower head speed smack around. Not crazy. The tail boom comes, I'm sure if any of you saw the pictures, it comes stock with the holes in it, like the H- HPS boom that we released, I think it, probably a year or two ago. Oh, you mean like SAB. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to dig up old shit. It is, man. Oh, you mean the thing that was never announced to the public. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I wanted to stir the pot. Yeah, yeah, that. Well, water under the bridge water under the bridge there you go so so it has those as and they look nice they're all they're triangle shaped and they're all chamfered so whoa 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 whoa. they're what they're what chamfered no 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 no. say it again okay chamfered i was i i Whatever. I was a no, he got it right later. He said it weird yeah, the first time. He said it weird the first time. I just rushed right. it the first time. That's it. 
Chandler. Chandler. the best of us. If, if my vocabulary is decent in anything, I would hope it would be that. I was literally, I was a machinist for four years. Please. <laughs> well, that's why I wanted to stop you because I was like, holy shit, did he really just get this wrong? Oh yeah. my god. I was a machinist for four years. Uh, if if I fucked that up, I would just jump off right now and <laughs> let it go. It's like, hey, right. come over here. Come, um, come check out this awesome Chandler I cut into this wood here. This is pretty rad. <laughs> so, since we interrupted you already, I gotta say, minor disappointments for me on The Flash. Minor. Minor, okay. Let me hear. Super, super stoked to hear Luca come back. Super stoked to see him release another helicopter. I really want to add an Oxy to my fleet at some point, and I will. Uh, I wish it had been called the Oxy 7. I don't know why, I just do. I know some people feel the way, but that's stupid, minor, and personal. The canopy is, is I'm, I'm, you know, that's a helicopter that I might own if some aftermarket canopies come out. I don't love the stock canopy on the Flash. Okay. The shape or just the paint unique, scheme? Just the scheme. It's okay. a very unique style. It's very sort of comic book, sort of throwback-like, which is cool. It's just yeah, not there will, there will be more schemes. Our, the guy that does the schemes for us has, is drawing up a couple more. So. Just tell him. To look at an HF. <laughs> I could, uh, I could tell that. HF canopy is so hot. It's so good. You I imagine could... an HF on the flash? Yes, please. I put yeah. one on. I mean, flash it doesn't AF. quite fit. It's a flash AF. Flashy AF. <laughs> there you go. Now, um, yeah, I've heard that quite a bit about the canopy. I personally think the canopy doesn't look that bad on the helicopter. When it's sitting on it with the size and the proportions of the helicopter, I don't think it looks that bad, but I've, get, I've heard a lot of stuff about the canopy and that some people specifically aren't going to buy it because they don't like the canopy, which is okay. It's your money. No problem. But that's fine. If that's your only complaint, can't be that bad of a heli then. Um, and that doesn't stop me on a helicopter as long as there's aftermarket options I like. Yes, which are always options. But again, we released, the kit was announced a month ago, so just give it some time. It'll be there, right? Yeah, and I don't mean to speak ill of it, just, you know, offering different opinions here. No, of course. I completely understand. Um, but it's, I really like it. It flies really good. I have two of them now. It's, it's great. All right. Anything else on Oxy before we move on? Uh, not currently. All right, Scott, I think it's your turn to pick the next brand here. Where are we going? Oh, bro. Mikado. Welcome to the Mikado demo. Oh, oh yeah. good. nice. Okay. What do we have? Oh, we unfortunately have phenomenal electronic packages and software and, and development in that, that aspect of this hobby. But I feel like they've neglected us with airframes for a substantial amount of time. I feel like the 700 came out in 2017. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe before that. I think it's somewhere around that. Yeah. And we haven't seen a new airframe from Mikado since then, other than the Logo 200, which we all don't need to pretend that it's not a, uh, what do you call it, OMP M2. We all know that. It's just got a canopy <laughs> and some different things. So airframes that are theirs, nothing new has come out. So they fly phenomenally. They are amazing in the air. Don't, for the love of God, crash them. Um, that is their one big disgrace, isn't it? Yeah. If you hit the ground, you're going to cry. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But they are from the previous, as Devin said, era of helicopters. 
I think there's three distinct eras. There's there's the you know flybar days and the old school stuff. Then there's the more modern flybarless frames. And then there's the new boom supportless transmission style, you know, real low to the ground, small height, high CG helicopters. And I feel like these guys are in the middle ground. They're in like the first gen flybarless style, very tall helicopter, very tall skids. Again, flies great, but it's starting to get dated. Um, yeah. I don't know if they're going to come out with anything anytime soon. If they did, it'd be kind of cool, I would imagine, but you know, it would need to be boom supportless. I'd like to think that they'd go carbon frame after the durability issues of the plastic. Like, it's not issues. They're not, you don't build them to crash them, but it sure helps when you build them to withstand a crack. You know, yeah. I, I know but they you have... may lose some of that flight characteristic too, because a lot of the, the smoothness of it is because of the flex in the frame. So, who knows? I know they have their uh, off because of how light their helicopters are. They're they're extremely light. Like I know all the other companies are going for light helicopters now, but Logo had it beat, or Mikado, sorry, had it beat years ago for lightweight helicopters. Yeah, and they auto phenomenally. Yes, like a Logo Seven Hundred is a joke. You can do all the fun helicopter autos you you want. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, but don't touch the tail. Yes, don't touch the so, tail. Of course, just reach on behind your radio on the little turn knob and turn down the sock and you won't have an issue. Wow. <laughs> Mine didn't come with that knob. Yeah. <laughs> you better buy one. Or it's pegged it full. <laughs> but but that... yeah, man, you, you crash one of those and not only do you cry because it's plastic and repairing it sucks and having to split the frames to get to the torque tube oh. gears sucks, but the price of the parts also sucks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're super expensive. And their uh, shafts. Again, we're talking about shafts. Their shafts are not the best either. They d don't hold up that well. They will bend. Right. I've seen a lot of Mikado shafts bend. Yeah, I've owned four of them now, the 700 variant, and I'm terrified. I've never crashed one, and I don't plan to crash one. Um, I think maybe my opinion might change. I had a Glogo. And I crashed that a bunch of times, but it was, you know, lots of stuff broke. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's meant to be light. It's not meant to be crashed. Yes. And part of the reason they fly the way they do is because of the way they're built. So, yes, exactly. They're, they're, they're intended to be built that way, we could say. So all these that we call flaws because we're used to different style helicopters aren't technically flaws because they're designed differently. It's Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like... It's like buying a fully carbon TT road bike and taking on a mountain bike trail and going, oh, the frame broke. Yeah, dumbass. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, other, other manufacturers can achieve maybe 85 to 90% of the feel in the air with, you know, 60% more durability. So yeah. I think we're kind of used to that now in this generation of helicopter. So we, we kind of expect it. Where Logo has the feel that is in no other brand, but at a trade-off durability yes very much so yeah i said i was gonna sell my logo 700 and then i flew it twice on wednesday and was like oh so yeah. good but just yeah keep it for keep it for smooth calm flying low head speed stuff it's great yeah just, don't take it to events just fly it at the field when you're you know yeah because if you yeah. take it to event no offense nick we're gonna talk to you and if you're flying that helicopter we don't want to do it to that helicopter <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
we probably won't talk to you if, if we we're gonna walk be walking out there to start talking to Nick's year. We're gonna see a logo. Me and Scott are just gonna be like turn around on one foot and just be like, "Yep, nope, not worth it." Yep, don't kill the logo. Yep. So, but overall, they are really good helicopters. Yeah, so. and I have no complaints. Like of daily functionality, take it to the field, go fly it. Battery tray's good. It slides in. I like the latches. I like the. Uh, the way you can put the body clips on the the arms and stuff, like the diameter matches the clips really nicely. Canopy goes on and off really well. Like no no gripes. Yeah. Building, I don't like putting the servos in the tail. Um, I don't like the fact that if it's not inverted, the length of the um, tail control rods different from the front. Not the tail control rod. The elevator rod is different from the front aileron rods. I know a lot of guys mod that to make it the same length and stuff like that. Um. Some guys drill some holes in the frames, which I do as well, to get to the rear servo, shit like that. Um, so little nitpicky things, um, but I don't think there's anything that's like inherently glaringly wrong with it. Once it's built, it's not too bad. I miss their older styles of helis. The extremes? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping that they do when they go forward from here. Like, obviously those ones were super heavy in comparison. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping when they move forward, if they do decide to launch new airframes and kind of follow the new new pattern of style, I guess you could say, with no boom supports and stuff, um, I hope they follow suit with, like, the 480 style where it's, like, simple, you know, carbon frames, spacers, yeah. or even, like, the Glogo kind of thing. That was a really nice frame. Yeah, And that was. whole egg-shaped carbon frame Dude, that, that thing survived everything. Like, yeah, the boom snapped off, the skids came off, the head bent, whatever. But, dude, that little egg, like, nothing inside that egg seemed to break. Yeah, that is true. Everything yeah. around it was destroyed, but the egg was usually pretty well intact. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I would I would like to see a mixture, maybe, I think, of the this plastic fantastic logo like if they could take if they could, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard that term in a while i love it um if they could take like the head off of it because the head feel and swash are the geometry of those two things mixed in with the servos is great and it yeah. doesn't feel like any other heli if you could take that and put it into a real nice sturdy carbon frame it would be an insane heli so here's my proposal Mikado. Yes. Make a Logo 700, no boom supports, make it totally belt driven, and do a carbon upper frame. Because the issue was with the plastic frames is if you hit the ground under any kind of power, you'd, you'd maybe crank the upper frames, right? So make the upper frame carbon, and then the lower frames plastic. So you still get some of that flex with the battery mount, and you, I don't know, I think that's maybe what gives it some of the smoothness, because you're not jostling around a big battery as hard with the rest of the helicopter maybe it seems to have some kind of give and movement like if you aileron tiktok a logo 700 really hard like that ship shakes <laughs> like because that of all true, the yeah. you yeah. know so i'm thinking if you could make the upper frames carbon so they don't break whenever you have an impact and then the lower is still that injection molded style i think maybe you might might get best of both worlds retain the same cg because i don't think anyone cares that it's tall that's just a um you know, some people look at and comment on, but I don't think anybody would not buy one because it's tall. It, but it I shouldn't think make any difference. It a nice, yeah. Well, no, I think it makes a big difference. It gives you more of like a pendulum effect. With well, yes, that is true. But I mean, in yeah. the aspect of, you know, people don't like the fact that it's tall in the, in the nature of bad tendencies because of it. It doesn't, 
doesn't make a huge difference in that aspect. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So right. that's those that's logo for you. Good yeah, hell is just nothing of this era. Hey, this is Nick Maxwell, and you're here listening to the number one RC helicopter podcast, RC Heli Nation V3. I vote we go Soxos. I like that. I like that. I like I'm not wearing socks. I'm in flip-flops. Hey. I really like that pick, Nick, because Soxos has been all over it this year. Yeah, they've, uh, I don't know, they've done a great job. I have not flown the Strike 7.1 yet. I've seen I, I have. Fly. It flies pretty damn good. It does. It flies. That's what everybody says, yeah. Dude, compared to good, the old like, one, holy shit. like, because you see it and you look at it and you're like, it doesn't look that much different from the old Soxos. And then yeah. you fly it and it flies nothing like the old Soxos. Yep. And you're like, what? The tail yeah. feels great, which was the major downfall of the old Soxos. The ma- that was a major issue with old Soxos, the ori- the, that original strike, the, the seven. Mm-hmm. that they had the tail was horrible well they had they had that and then they had issues with like uh, okay i don't know if this is just a local example because i only knew like one or two people with an og strike seven yes um but they had problems with like balls pulling out of the swash and stuff like that it could have been assembly error i do not know yeah but that that's all i really heard and then the canopies coming off in flight i think that was a thing I haven't heard because, of that one, uh, but yeah, I, dude, I they wait. Go through the blades, like I, almost everyone I saw, they went through the blades. Then they changed the way it latched onto the canopy. Okay, and it it went away. They fixed it completely. That so would the seven point one doesn't have the that. Motion. Would explain why when I did fly the one dude who who let me fly it up here, he told me not to fly with the canopy. <laughs> yeah, he actually was like, "Go ahead, go fly." I'm like, "Oh, you." canopy he goes no don't fly it with the canopy i'm like oh, yeah okay if you flew like backwards really aggressive and stuff it would like flap open and pop off and go through the blades yeah yeah but no the new the new strike seven one amazing helicopter really yeah, is. i love love the tail control rod yes because they kept the old design even from the old seven because yep. the old seven was that way they just i don't think they had perfected it yet yeah and well, on, that on this one, it was nailed. Nailed. Perfect. I wouldn't change a fucking thing on that. I do wish more manufacturers would, would copy that design. Like, obviously, we're not uh, condoning cloning and all that shit, but, but learning from a design and following suit with it because it's a good idea. Like, when manufacturers started putting, like, heads-up displays in cars or, you know, lane presence sensors, like, you know, it started to trickle into other brands and it, it's a thing. Like, it's just where the industry goes. And it would be so cool if we started seeing that in more helicopter platforms with that rotary. If, if someone listening to this doesn't know what that is, instead of having a tail push rod that has, is connected to a servo arm that slides back and forth, um, you know, along the boom, this actually mounts the servo so the spline is along the boom and it just rotates a tube that goes down the side of the boom like a torque tube externally and it rotates through bearings and it's super silky smooth and then that at the tail end actually actuates the tail a pitch it's so nice and you don't have to worry about like binding and stuff and you don't have to worry about like 
Is it bent a certain way? Is there too much resistance? Is there too much drag on it? Um, you don't have to worry about like length because it's not adjusted by length. It's by rotation of it, which is freaking cool. Yeah, it's it's really just a badass unit. Yeah. There's some nice features in that helicopter. The, the canopy attachment is slick. Uh, the sort of your servos and all of your main shaft stuff, bearing blocks, etc. all go through this aluminum cage at the top of the helicopter. Yes, I did see that. That's like, you know, comes assembled, but not really assembled. It's, it's a single unit. And it, it almost guarantees alignment of your main shafts and all of that stuff. And, you know, smooth operation of everything. is It's real slick. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, that, that was a, one of the, like, heli releases that I was looking forward to from another company this year. Yeah, the Strike 7.1 has definitely been a big hit. There's a yes. lightweight version of it on its way out soonish. Very soon, in fact. So we'll have to wait and see how that one does. But, uh, you know. Definitely yeah. a great killer helicopter. Very much worth considering if you're looking for a sub You know, if I had to pick a negative for it, I would say the width of the canopy is a little wide for my taste, but that's super minor. That's That's been one of their their factory things, though. Even, sure, Scott can even come in on this. Their original strike was wide, too. It was a big... Yeah. It was like a fish. I like it, though. Yeah. Like, I used to love the old SAB upper part of the helicopter that was super wide. It always looked like the turbine section of a of a uh, real helicopter to me. Or yeah. like a goldfish. Yeah, I just, I like big helis like that. Yeah, but... You um, can't lie. You know, <laughs> yeah. My one gripe, let me think if I have more than one. I think I just have one because it's a super solid helicopter. I don't like the fact that everything's in that little unicage. Um, you know, the aluminum milled unicage. Yeah. Because... If you hit it really hard on the ground and you tweak that cage, like that's, that's, that's that thing's really of, expensive. Yeah, and that's the equivalent of bending or breaking the frames in a Logo Seven Hundred kind of thing. Like yeah. that's pull the servos out, pull your fly barless off, pull all your you know everything, full yeah. tear down. Yeah, because I've i um when I was over flying one of friends, he told me he goes parts are pretty cheap for it unless you break this one specific thing. That is crazy expensive. I was like, really? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty rare to do it. Anyone to break it? I haven't seen anyone break it. But from what I was described, because I haven't actually looked at how the parts are doing myself or anything like that. It's just through friends. They say that parts for that heli, as long as it's not a main component like that cage, aren't that bad. Yeah, really aren't. The, that yeah. that cage is the only thing where if you tweak that it it'll send it'll send you back pretty hard. But I've never heard anyone do it yet. So yeah, well, yeah, super rare. Yeah, it's just it's a concern. I don't. I've never seen it bend. I'm sure you can pull it off though. Oh yeah, I mean, I've I've seen the the goblin ma- mother plates get bent. If so, if you can bend those, you can you you'll you'll be able to bend this cage too. I'm sure if you do it the right way. Well, RCHN has got our best crash test dummy on testing this aluminum cage. We just got to get healthy again. <laughs> yeah. Continue testing. Next time, uh, next time Dan lets me fly his helicopter, I will low key roast it in for science. Just do a death spin, just yep, straight up. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, but oh, that is overall a great heli. I'm excited to see what they have coming next. All right, getting down to it. Just. Three brands we're going to cover left. Yep. Yeah. Can I power through miniature aircraft? Do it. Sure. All right. Mini Air. 
awesome companies, been around since I've been a kid. They've got the Electrics. Unfortunately, I think they just have one, the Whiplash 730E. Uh, cool Heli is one of the few helicopters to use saddle packs. Um, so they're, they're mounted side by side instead of long in a stick configuration. And it clicks in from the side so the canopy can stay on. Cool, awesome, fun. It is dated. Um, miniature aircraft obviously has other interests. Just like Mikado, they're focusing on different things other than airframes for electric. Uh, miniature aircraft is killing it in the gas and turbine front. And that really is their bread and butter. They saw a niche and they attacked it. And that is what they're good at. The electric, obviously, it's not a bad heli. It's just, it's in that previous genre generation of, of helicopters. So will they make something cool? I think rumor has it that before the end of the year, they're going to come out with some new electrics. I'm super stoked for that. But I feel like as a company, their entire lineup has always been geared towards fuel models. Even, even early on, like the electric one they did was an Ion X, which was a converted Fury, basically, or a Stratus to be electric. Like, They've always kind of made fuel models and then made one kind of electric after that. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, sir. Hit it on the head. Ding! Yep. But high quality everything. Yeah. Awesome parts, awesome anodizing, perfect engineering, very precise, torque tube tail, not bashing it whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, they're good. They're really good. They've always been good. Doesn't make a difference where they are. They've always been good. Okay. What, what What next? Tron SAB. Tron SAB. You're called, Devin. Uh, well, SAB. Let's take let's take turns and run through. If you want to go first, run through each model, pros and cons, and then I'll do the same. Okay, Puma. Seen them? It's supposed to be the lightweight version of like a raw. Haven't I? Haven't flown them that many times. Couldn't really tell you too much of the difference because I haven't really looked at one that hard. We shouldn't have had the Oxy guy do the review on a different <laughs> platform. <laughs> Raw, I have flown a lot of these. I do like the way that heli flies. The Raw flies really well. Don't know too many of the differences. Kraken, old school. Well, not too oh old school. God. Not too old school, but it's not the newest, latest, and the greatest. Besides the Kraken S. So the Kraken S, great helicopter. I don't know if that still has the classic Kraken wine to it or not. Yep. Nope, they went helical cut. Damn it. I, I missed that. That Kraken wine was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I agree. It's like supercharged. Oh, yeah. It, that was like, you, you heard someone flying a Kraken, you were like, fuck yeah. yeah. But it's okay. I've heard the Kraken S is just, it's like a lightweight version, isn't it, Scott? Uh, no, it's, it's I mean, it, it's inherently lighter because there's less gears in the transmission. Yeah. But what it really was, was... SAB no longer had to manufacture two separate 700 transmissions. If they could just put the raw transmission in the crack and they could extend the life of that model. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay, there you go. That sums that up. But good hell yeah. I, would, I mean, I've seen a lot of people with that Kraken S. I've seen, it, I've seen them with, it. Uh, I think, a three blade on it as well. A couple of them. Mm-hmm. They seem pretty badass. Dead again, another great heli from SAB as usual. What, the raw 580? That's what that yeah yeah the raw five eighty, yeah. um uh that's another like real that when that hit the market that hit the market really hard, really hard everybody got it the manual as usual for all of SAB stuff is immaculate it's a it's a really 
It's a really good, um, really nice heli if you're trying to get up into the mild sizes. Maybe you're starting off on like 380s and stuff like that and you're looking to step it up. Great heli for that because you won't get confused by any of the manuals or you know anything that maybe is tr with translation issues. Their manuals are really good. Kraken 580. I really like that heli. That was especially the nitro version, but that was a great fucking heli. I really did like it. Flew really good fast. It was a fast fucking heli. Main shaft, never had a problem with any main shaft spindles on that heli. The frames are really solid on it too as well, even though the bottom ones are sacrificial. So that's okay. Transmission sounds great. Great helis. Uh, I think, what are most people running that on? 12S, Scott? Or there's a couple 6S's out there? I feel like it's a pretty even split between 6 and 12. I prefer it 6. Yeah, I would, I would say 12 starts getting a little clunky on a 580. So. Yeah, it just feels heavy. Yeah. but I mean, you can overpower it with RPM, but I don't like doing that. Nah, nah, no need to do that. But that's a, another great heli. Again, I think the Kraken 580 is... Was a couple was a couple months before the raw, right? <clears throat> yeah. So so not too far apart. Pretty they're pretty similar in nature, but again different. Both yeah. great helis. Kraken S, awesome heli. It just gives you that that vibe of the original Kraken when you fly it. It just looks menacing in the air with that body style. Really nice. The raw latest and the greatest. One of those things. Puma. Um, if you fly like Nick, you'll love it. I mean, you don't yeah. even have to fly like Nick to love it. I've seen a lot of people that have just put power to it and like it as well. So they're all really good helis. I'm not too good at explaining them because I actually don't know them that well. So <laughs> you want to jump in here and save your butt? No, you don't need to save it. You don't need to save it. But you can just like it. Okay. Yeah, Scott, you can jump in and please um, help me. <laughs> That'd be great. All right, Puma flies fantastic. Flies really well on low low voltage. You can run a 6S on it, and it flies light. With that new X-No, I don't know if it's new anymore, but they came out with a special motor for it that was a different KV. I think it was like 1020 or something. I don't remember exactly. It's been too long, but it was a higher KV in order to run a 700 with a decent amount of torque, but it was lower KV than like a 600-size 6S setup. It was a nice middle ground. Flies great. The only thing I don't like is I don't like how they have a third bearing block. So if you ever have to take the tail belt off, you got to remove the third bearing block. That gets super annoying. The lightweight skids were a little too delicate for someone that does dumb things like myself. The boom has a little rubber grommet thing in there that sometimes when you put the boom in and out, it pops out of place, which is frustrating. But I know why they did it. So they did it because it was a carbon boom. They didn't want to crush the boom. They needed more grip on it. So they solved that with like a rubber a rubber grip O-ring thing. So I get it. That's cool. Tail case, love it. Single piece, super robust, never damaged one. Head, main shaft, all the shafts, very decent. As far as like normal SAB stuff, the, the Puma is smaller. It's a 580 head on a 700 size helicopter. So your mileage may vary, Expense, expect stuff to bend a little more and maybe things to break a little more just because it's more energy going into a smaller package. But cool heli, uh, definitely better for people that like low head speed. Obviously, I got a couple of gripes that I talked about, but all very minor. The raw, 
I don't like the original canopy design. When it first came out, I thought it was super cool and unique. But after living with it, flying like 20 packs a day kind of thing, it got really annoying opening the flat, putting the battery in, taking the battery out, closing the flap, all this stuff, and having to get the connectors not jammed in it. And it just, I don't know, it got, it got a little frustrating. And then I couldn't see the rails because of the canopy, so I had to like squat down all the time. And back when I had those, my back wasn't in the best condition ever. So sort of like bending over to look at that was more of a chore than it should have been, I guess you can say. But cool design. When they came out with the Puma Canopy that swapped out for that, that was money. When you could put the Puma Canopy on a regular raw, hits. Cool boom. Can't see it very well though when it's black, but they come in a bunch of painted colors. Awesome. They do a carbon variant. I've smacked it in the ground so many times. I think I had like 12 crashes on one boom and didn't break. Then I finally did this gnarly overspeed and cut the tail clean off and it, it died. Um, that was my last crash on one of those. Uh, never bent a main shaft. Well, I'll say never. I've bent one, but it was absolutely roasted in a Mach 4. But main shaft, feathering shaft, tail shaft usually survive most crashes. I've never bent a head, never bent grips. Uh, so that's all super cool. I love the transmission design. It's nice not having to buy main gears uh, and swap that stuff out. I had some issues early on with the one-ways, but I think they got that figured out. If I did any kind of like aggressive overspeed, sometimes I can get them to slip, but I think that got all cleared up and I haven't had issues with the last two kits I flew. Uh, Kraken S, basically the same helicopter, but with a, you know, Kraken boom style and a canopy. Obviously all the issues with the not seeing the rails goes away because the canopy comes off. My only gripe about that heli would have to be putting the nuts in the tail boom. It's a pain in the butt to get your fingers in there and get the nuts on and then get the wrench and turn it, you know, three 90 degree rotations till it's snug. And then I always freaking super glue my fingers when I try and get the uh, little triangle thing on there to hold the nuts in place. And then trying to get the little nut plates in the other end of the boom to hold the tail case on can be frustrating. That's one of the cool things about the raw. It's pre-threaded in that tail case, so slap it in and bolt it on. That's cool think that was it i mean it came with the stronger skids and stuff so it was always super cool all of these variants i always run the 26 millimeter arms just because i prefer those i do wish they came with the kit because i personally believe it flies much more linear and controllable with them but that's a feel thing i guess that doesn't matter and both 580s i'll group them together because they're almost the same thing they've got their own issues back and forth between like the boom and stuff that i talked about with the kraken s and those little sticky things and the nuts but Ignoring that, that is the most dialed helicopter out of the box I have ever worked with people on. So opening it up, running stock, stock pulley, stock, uh, you know, motor KV that's recommended, 6S, stock dampeners, stock arms, build it, fly it. That thing is locked in, uh, much like how the Soxos is out of the box. I feel like it doesn't need anything, and if you just buy the kit and build it, you're going to be super happy with your flight performance. Where when it comes to a Kraken or a RAW 700, I always want to change where the servo arms are as far as the ball holes. I want to put 26 millimeter arms on it and then do some tuning kind of thing. Where I feel like the 580, even on stock V-bar settings, is freaking dial. So I don't know what they did. I don't know what kind of geometry stuff they did to them. But that's a fantastic beginner heli. Just because of the simplicity of setup to get a good flying helicopter. All right, I'm going to do a quick pass through the line as well. Just a few more thoughts to share. 
Uh, as far as the Puma, if you do like lower head speeds like me, it is a fantastic flying helicopter. Uh, I run mine anywhere from 1200 to 1700 RPM on it, and it just flies fantastic. It's 1700 RPM on 6S. It's, you know, a fantastic helicopter for me. You know, downsides to the Puma, and granted, some of this would be helped as if I just ran a little bit of higher head speed, but when it gets really windy out, the Puma gets put away for me. Uh, I top out at 1700 RPM the way I've got my gearing set up. So it just, it gets blown away really quickly uh, when the wind gets much above like seven, eight, nine miles an hour. Uh, I have had some trouble at lower head speeds with the way the canopy's mounted on the Puma. And I could just switch to the, the raw style canopy and this would help. But mine's really loose in that front jaw that grabs the bottom of the canopy. Uh, so at 1200 RPM, even though the tail fin is dead solid and there's not a lot of vibration in the helicopter, the canopy resonates. And I played with, you know, changing the RPM a little, but I wish the canopy attachment was a little more firm on the Puma if you're really into in low, low head speed. Uh, but it is a great flying helicopter. Uh, the, the raw 700 for me has been one of my favorite helicopters uh, in my time in the hobby. It just flies fantastic. Uh, I, you know, I had mine briefly on a three blade. I think three blade is a little too aggressive for me. I'm going to go, I'm going to take mine actually back to a two blade. It just flies great. It autos well. It, uh, for me, it's very forgiving, uh, in general. And I just really enjoyed it. The, the jaw doesn't bother me. Loading batteries doesn't bother me. I don't know. Maybe it's a table height thing, but that didn't bother me at all. I think, and this is true in general of SAB as a whole. SAB tolerates a variety of builder skill levels. I know I've said that a bunch of times on the podcast already, but don't have to be a pro-level builder to get a great flying helicopter out of SAB. You need to do the right things and use Loctite and blah, blah, blah. But I think it, it tolerates a wide variety of, of build uh, skill level. So that's really nice. Never flown a Kraken. I think they look great. So I don't want to touch on the S or the Kraken 580. Uh, the Raw 580, I am really enjoying my time on that. You know, that's what I put a pack full of autos on on Wednesday. It's just for me, it's the right size practice heli to, to really start to move moves from that to your 700s. You know, the repair cost is not as high as the 700. It's not insignificant, but it's not as high. It's just an everyday workhorse for me. I can take it to fields of different sizes. I can beat on it. Uh, it just flies great. It's, it doesn't, it stays in the air. It doesn't come up with weird issues. If you prang it a little bit, you know, a botched auto or whatnot, I seem to just pick it up and spool it up again and it's fine. Uh, so it's really, you know, robust, sturdy, just a great all round everyday practice heli. I'd highly recommend it as, as a beginner's first kit build when they're moving into a larger helicopter. Uh, it's just a great all around helicopter, especially in the orange and white scheme. The new scheme that's available in now pops so well in the sky on a wide variety of backgrounds. And I really love it. It's, it's quickly becoming a favorite for me right now. Yeah, I forgot to mention that orange. It's it's super bright. Yeah, it's awesome. Anything else on SAB before we throw to our last brand? Oh, yeah. Jesus. What? 100% best wiring in the entire industry. Oh, hands down. Yep. Yep. Can't beat it. It's clean, neat, all in one package. Perfect. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. All right. Last brand. Coming to the end here with Tron Helicopters. Have any of us flown one? Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. Are you copying me? No, I'm being... 
But we did both instantly come here and say, uh. <laughs> So in all fairness, I haven't flown a 5.5, I haven't flown a 5.8, so I can't really give you any information on those, and for that, I do apologize. They look sweet. Canopy design's cool, frame designs look awesome, head looks like it's machined really well, but I've never flown one, so I'm not educated in that department. Does the Nitro count? I haven't even flown the Nitro. I, I mean, Dude, it's in the box. I've at least flown the, the 500 Nitro, the 550 Nitro. Oh. Oh, you have. Well, you can talk about it when it's your turn. <laughs> the 7.0, flown one of those, flies great. I, I don't have anything negative to say towards it. I don't like some of the design features. I don't like the way the tail case is designed. It, it kind of reminds me of like the Kraken tail case, how it's two thin slab pieces. Uh, it just seems like it'll bend pretty easy because I, I bend the Kraken ones pretty often. I feel like this would maybe follow suit, where if you look at the raw tail case, like, you're not bending that thing. I don't like the way you have to mount the tail control rod holder. You gotta, like, do this weird thing with the um, tail control rod, thread it into this adapter, put nuts into the boom. Like, I prefer what Oxy does. Oxy does these little captive nuts and a teardrop design, so you thread the nuts into the holder, put it into the boom, slide it forwards or back, I don't remember what way, but you slide it a direction and then tighten them up and it grips it from the inside of the boom. Like, it's really easy to do, no special tools. I'm not a fan of, of the way that Tron did that for the tail boom. It works when it's built, it's just, I don't like when booms are a pain in the ass to build because if you do a lot of stuff where you clip the tail or you bend the tail or you damage it and you're fixing it at an event, I want it to be really easy. I wanted to just swap in and out. Like for me, one of the easiest tail boom swaps is the raw 700 because you can, you can just undo the two bolts on the tail, pop your, your servo link off and whip the tail out and then swap the boom out with four bolts on the, uh, the tail case. Super simple. I love that. There's no, no really difficult way of, uh, you know, mounting that control holder, the tail control rod holder. It's just a little clamp. But that's the only gripe I have. Uh, skids are super high quality. The heads are high quality, like I said. The frames are nice. The carbon's cool. They do a lot of cool milling and stuff with the, the, the frames with like nice angles and like cool designs on them and stuff. So definitely an interesting brand. I like to see the fact that they are growing in popularity now. I know, I know there's history. I know there's issues and all that drama that went on. I'm glad, I'm glad one of the two companies is still around. I wish both were still around. But our hobby is so small, I feel like we have to be grateful that we have anything. So if we still have it, cool. It's another brand to buy. We need more brands. So don't, don't push brands out of the hobby. Yeah, I really, I couldn't agree more with that, with that last part on that. So when it comes to the electrics, I haven't really gotten that good of a close-up look on them. I did see the dynamic when I was, when they were originally doing i think prototyping on it and testing they had it at global 3d last year wow so i did see that it looked pretty it looked interesting it, i mean if i'm gonna be honest since they wouldn't well not they couldn't really get a good look at it they were doing testing flying it a lot back and forth so you really couldn't look get up and play with it a little bit uh looks like a 700 you know <laughs> smells like a 700 smells like a 700 Sounds like a 700. The, I mean, the canopy design's a little different for the new, you know, style of heli. 
I like it. I think it looks. I think it looked pretty good when we saw it. Yeah, it was stealth mode, right? Yeah, I I didn't mind it at all. The original, the original uh, Tron Seven wasn't even that bad. Yeah, I just like their their angular design. It's it's kind of cool. Yeah, interesting. Um, I I kind of like the matte the matte finishes that they were doing originally too. I don't know because you don't see that too often. So they were pretty cool because instead of doing the clear coat instantly over it, they kind of left it as that matte, and I kind of like that. Um, the five point eight, I've only ever seen one person with it, and Scott, I think you know who that is. I don't. I I thought Jason had one. No, I don't think he does. Oh, I don't think he has a heritage one. Is what I'm thinking of that gray and yellow one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know Jason has a couple of them. Yeah, I I thought I saw him. I I couldn't. I wasn't sure if it was the five five or the five eight. I thought it was the five eight, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm so guilty. I didn't I didn't pay attention to the models like when they first came out just because of the drama. Yeah, me I didn't neither. want to be any part of any of that. So I I really missed a lot of the early on sizes and to tell the difference. Yeah, I mean the five five when it came out was kind of I mean it was I think it was early on in the boom supportless era as well. Yeah. So there are no boom supports on the five five, which was pretty nice. Everyone th- really did like that. If you look at the if you look at the five five frames, uh, they're pretty similar to what was out at that time when they released it. And that's all I can really say. They're pretty standard for when they released that heli and everything. So the head is appropriately sized for a five five size for a five fifty. It's not oversized. It's not undersized. I've never heard of any problems with any of the bearings or the shafts in the head. I never heard any issues with those or any bending of any sort. Tail boom, they do a different, they have a little bit of a different design on their tail boom. It's, it's not rounded. It's kind of squared off and then flat in a way. And like uh, for the oxys, we have a, the rounded tail boom. You have your two flats and then the rounded. They kind of just did a squared off like a trapezoid almost in a way, which looks okay. Nothing wrong with it. It works. Oh, at the end of the day, if it works, it works. So their tail case on the five five, I thought was kind of a pain in the ass. Not gonna, not gonna lie, it was kind of hard to work on because. I think on that heli, if I am remembering correctly, the tail case, the actual tail case where it slides on the boom goes into the inside of the boom, not the outside. So it just made it kind of a pain to work on. So that's one of my downfalls for it. Okay. Overall, that heli, it doesn't fly bad or anything. A lot of people say they really like that heli. So the 5.8, I have heard not much about that heli at all. I know basically next to nothing when it comes to that heli. The 7, I've heard really good things about it, especially now I see um, Ben Stork, Donnie Pesci have been flying them a lot. So you could see them at events and everything like that, flying the, the Tron 7s. Um, again, I actually don't know too much about the 7. So I can't really be a huge help for that. Nick, do you know any? Have you seen? I know you've seen one up close and might be able to explain how the the building structure of them a little better. 
Honestly, you know, I've seen all three of them fly, but I don't know that I've spent a lot of time under the canopy kind of staring at yeah. it. Yeah. I've seen some in the hands of a main team guys. You know, Sean's had them all here uh, locally in Atlanta. They all fly great for sure, at least from an outside perspective. You don't really find, I mean, it seems like the guys that try them are very loyal fans, which means they probably do fly really well. You don't see a lot of people complaining about them. You know, I think they're a great up and coming brand. Uh, I really enjoyed the time we spent with them a few weeks ago here on the podcast, uh, talking with two out of the three founders. You know, I think people, yeah, the drama thing is, is long in the past, I think, you know, after that episode and talking to those guys. So yeah. uh, I'm really tempted to try a Tron 7.0 uh, or the dynamic. I kind of want to learn a little more about the dynamic once that comes out, but don't actually know a lot about under I can, the hood. I can tell you one thing. The, di- the dynamic crashes pretty well. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Did they let you fly it? No, no. I just, <laughs> I just watched it get crashed. Oh, God. So it, it did. It took it pretty well, actually. I think I think they're good helicopters. And again, I'm not I'm not stirring the pot, but it's no secret it's made by the same manufacturer, Yintech. They made phenomenal helicopters for Matt and Synergy. Beautiful machine work. So it's no surprise that in this variant of this brand, the the same kind of quality comes through. Yeah, and you know all of the founders all have a long history in the hobby, both with launching brands testing and improving equipment designing and improving hardware from blades to motors to you know the the team behind tron is not new to the hobby uh there's a lot of experience there yeah the one thing i will say about tron that i have heard from some builders is that the manual could use a little improvement that it's okay but it could be better yeah and sab is the hands down winner there from all of the brands we talked about i don't think anybody makes a better manual it's almost not fair because like if you compare the manuals for every other brand to how they used to be like old align manuals, old Thunder Tiger manuals and stuff from back in the day, they blow them out of the water. The manuals are phenomenal. But then SAB has to come along and be like, here's a full on kids coloring book version. Like, like awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like Ikea quality type shit. But with words. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. No, it isn't fair. All right, I think we made it through. So that was a lengthy uh, review of... Uh, that sucked. That's stupid. It was lengthy, though. Those lots you know of words yeah. we said. We have officially probably halved the attendance of Spring Fling because of this. <laughs> everybody fall asleep and drive off the fucking road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, That's you're right. Up. Yeah, it was kind of a lengthy review of models. But, you know, you start talking about these, you go down memory line, you start remembering helicopters you've owned i don't know we just all get into this stuff we could talk about it forever but that's the fun of this right we do the yeah. podcast for fun because we love to talk about helicopters so sorry if we got a little long in the tooth there but uh you know hopefully that that gave you all i don't know we, we didn't go into every detail of every helicopter but i think it just gives you a little overview you learn a little bit about we feel about all these brands and all these models so uh with that we're gonna wrap this one up yeah. this has been uh episode 36 inching our way towards 52 in our one year mark here which is kind of awesome uh still keeping dan very much in our thoughts as always and uh with that let's talk about how to get a hold of us uh if you want to after listening to us ramble for gosh a long time now <laughs> you can hit up dan if you want to say for the love of god come back and shut those guys up <laughs> dan at rchnv3.com 
Uh, you can hit me up at nickwisdom at rchnv3.com or on Facebook Messenger at nickwisdomrc. If you don't like any of the comments we said about any of these models, you can get a hold of Devin at Scott Graham at rchnv3.com. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, Devin McClellan on Facebook or Devin at rchnv3.com. And uh, Scott, what about you? Uh, you can reach me on Facebook, Scott Graham. You can reach me via email, maybe. Oh my God, 99 unread messages. I better not click on that. It looks scary. Uh, at Scott at rchnv3.com. And if you got my cell phone number, text me. That's the best way. All right. And last but not least, Rob, what about you? Nicholas. So I've got some, uh, some nerdy fun way um, that I figured out how you can get a hold of me if you want to reach me. And so I implored the assistance of ChatGPT one more time. And it's kind of funny. So this is the way that ChatGPT su suggests that you get a hold of me. So uh, what you need to do is you need to write your message on a piece of paper, fold it into a paper airplane, and decorate it with funny drawings or your message. Take that paper airplane, put a heat balloon, and, uh, and attach it to a You're like, who is this guy? Well, it's me, Sean K. We have taken over the RCHN podcast. Nick left the keys to the building. And me, Brian Birdsong, and Chris Moss have jumped in the car. And we are <laughs> we have now hijacked the podcast. And we will not give it back until we are done. <laughs> I, I have the ATL crew with me. What's up? Chris Moss, you want to say what's up? What's up? What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing tonight? Yes, uh, Chris, Chris Moss. We just he just got out of jail, so uh, he came. <laughs> he got to the field on Wednesday. We had a birthday bash. We had seriously like I don't know, like fifteen guys with birthdays, literally within like days of each other. So uh, I think Nick Wisdom. Let's talk about him before he gets back in the car uh, or takes the keys back. He, he's like, uh, you know, hey, I got a birthday gift. I, I am able to stay at the field all day, no interruptions, because usually he's either out of town or coming to the field to fly for like two packs and then he's out. He's like, literally, it's always like a drive-through fly flying mm -hmm. session for him. So we put the word out. We called Brian. We called, uh, who else? Todd Cherko. Thomas Mabry, uh, Mike Chris Mike. Yup. The whole crew and literally like a hundred people showed up. It was on a Wednesday and the <laughs> weather was perfect. I mean, it was a nice breeze. Uh, the sun was Very perfect. Nice. The energy was great. We had a great time. Uh, 
Brian, tell me what you like most about the birthday bash. Um, it was great to finally hook up. It felt like the beginning of our season, right? Mm. We haven't all really been together yet. So this felt like the first time we're all been together to start off a great season of helicopter flying. We had all walks of life there. We had beginners there, experts there. We had folks flying planes and helicopters there. So it was, it was, it was a blast, man. I had a fun time with everyone. Nice. Chris, what about you, buddy? It was good to meet everybody, just to learn some new tricks and uh, stunts and what's going on. The karatami of meeting everybody was good. Um, everybody had a safe time. Everybody took everything home. Nothing was taken home in a bag. Ooh. That's the most important thing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, if you are going to crash, you, you want it to be uh, in a ball of smoke and flame. And um, shout out to uh, RCHN, I mean, RCHO, I'm sorry. Uh, and their uh, fiery, fiery uh, crashes. It seems like no one, like, whenever they crash, there's not like, oh, I broke a skid. It's like, bro, like my whole house caught on fire. I don't need, I don't even know how the house caught on fire, but it's on fire right now. <laughs> and I live 90 miles from here. But yeah, we had a very great time. Like like you said, Brian, we had uh, the new uh, older guy. His name is Mike. He's He's got an old JR. I think it's a 500 size heli. Yeah. Um, yeah, so but he had, but uh, he he had crashed it last week. I think uh the tail push rod let go and he brought it back. He had some spares, man. He was like, I'm determined. Man, he was up there hovering that thing, man, all by himself. And then uh we had, you know, on the other spectrum, we had Justin who's, you know, and he was hovering. He had his, you know, his whole solo thing going on, you know. Mm -hmm. It was it was just like you said, it was a it was a gumbo of great energy. Oh, let's not forget the cupcakes that uh that everyone loved. Um, but oh, we yeah. had cupcakes yeah, there. Delicious. Yeah, Chris ate like seventeen of them. <clears throat> 17, 17. <laughs> 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 no, they were really good. Uh, a friend of mine uh, owns a bakery. Its name is uh, it's called Cakes by Keon. Hey, uh, hey, hey, hey! hey. What the hell's going on in here, Nick? Who's Dude, who's this? Who's this? I, I leave my laptop right like I leave my laptop in the car for two minutes, and and what's happening? <laughs> Sorry, Nick. sounds like Nick's back. Uh oh, what's Nick's up, dude? Back. Party's over. Party's over. <laughs> everybody be quiet. Nick, we had to jump in, man, and tell everybody about your birthday bash and everyone else uh, how we celebrated on Wednesday with just a full day of helicopter flying. So it was fantastic. I think we had folks wrenching on the bench. We had folks setting up new FBL units and, you know, just about everything. We were, you know, how many auto rotations did we do? I mean, good God, it must have been 100 between all of us just practicing auto yeah. rotations all day long. So it was a lot of fun, man. So we just wanted to kind of jump on here and tell everybody we had a blast. We had a blast. Yeah, And we folks did. should do this. Folks should take their, their teams, take their groups and say, hey, guys, let's just cut hooky one day. And just yep. go to the field, man, and just fly. Because that's what we did. I mean, I had to call. I was like, boss, um, <laughs> uh, I'm not feeling too well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, totally. Like, everybody in their region needs to start a chat. Like, use WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, whatever you want to do. But, like, uh, all of us here in Atlanta, man, we use this chat group all the time. We scheme about where we want to fly. We convince each other to skip work. Uh, it's a good time, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and staying connected to your community locally is like the lifeblood of how this. I mean, just Nick and you too, Brian. Let's let's go back. You know, a year and a half, maybe two years ago, whatever. It's probably mm -hmm. been about two years now. Yep. Where you know, 
you know, I came back, you know, to flying out to CCRC and you were flying, you know, the little two thirties and the small helis and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you started graduating and Nick wisdom shows up and, uh, has an eventful first time meeting us. And, uh, we could talk about that later, if you know what I mean, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just a crazy day when he first, when he, when we first met him, but it had nothing to do with him. It was just, it was just a whole thing. So yeah. And it's like, since then, like how many people have like been added to this group, man, it's just been growing and growing and growing and growing. It's crazy. Looks like every week we're, we're, we're adding somebody. It's awesome, man. Like watching Justin do those, like get that excited by hovering his new helicopter. That was awesome. That was oh, very yeah. cool. He was yeah. So Justin found me on Instagram. Um, I think he saw one of the Heli direct stories or, or some video we posted of me just doing some precision flying. And he uh, reached out to me. He's a very, very respectful dude too. I mean, young kid. He calls me sir. It makes me feel old as hell, but it's oh, cool, dude, me you know? too. <laughs> you know, newsflash: both of y'all are old as hell. Let's just keep it one <laughs> But it's like, uh, you know, excuse me, sir. You know, I saw you flying online. I was wondering, you know, I live here in Georgia too. I'm a little, you know, uh, south of you guys, but um, I was wondering if you could, you know, help me get my helicopter set up and et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, absolutely, dude. This is where we fly. It's a group of us and. So, you know, I think a week went by and he, he came up and um, I wind up uh, selling him. I have an old uh, Excel Power 550 that I sold him on the low, 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 you know, just to get him started because he was so excited and enthusiastic about getting back out there and flying. So I said, dude, here, take this bird, all the electronics in it, you know, minus the FBL. And we got him set up. Uh, thanks, Chris Moss. Um, help us get his, uh, his, his B-Stack set up. And uh, the guy's flying, and now he's like on his own, hovering now. You know, nice tail end, doing some nice little small patterns back and forth, sideways hovering. I'm like, this guy is on his way. Give him six months, he'll be flip flopping all over the place. So, <laughs> yeah, it was it was exciting to see him get started. So he's a he's a new member of our group too. So he loves to watch all the chats that come through. Pretty cool. Um, quick quick question, Brian. I saw you walk into the flight line with your heli. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had a hat the size of Texas on top of your <laughs> regular size hat. I uh, can't expound on the uh, newfound uh, head dress here you got going on. What's up with that, man? And by the way, it's it's cool as hell. Like I'm I'm trying to get a heli direct one, but yeah. tell me about it, man. Like how did that start? Well, it, it started when I was watching, I think, the Super Bowl up in up in January, February time frame. And, um, you know, the winners, the champions come out on the field and they wear these giant hats. I'm like, oh, my God, look at those giant hats. You know, it was so cool. I instantly jumped online um, and Googled it, you know, giant baseball cap. And this company comes up, NoggingBoss.com. And I go to NoggingBoss.com. And, of course, they're, you know, you know, selling all the big hats. and um, you know, they have some that are already made and all the, the various sport teams and such, or you can do them custom. I said, man, it would be cool to have a giant Contronic hat to just wear out of the field. So I was able to take the logo, you know, send it to them and, uh, tell them, Hey, I want the black hat, take this logo and put a dead center on it for me. And they were like, we got you. And there you go. I mean, it took about a month and a half because I was queued up waiting in line because so many people wanted one, but. When I finally got it, it came. I was like, oh, my God, this thing is huge. 
<laughs> you guys, I'm in the field like, whoa, look at that thing. <laughs> man, that thing is sick, man. That was hysterical. When you drove yeah. up, I'm like, what the hell is on his head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Hey, you know what I just realized? Like, I don't think we've really introduced Chris Moss. So Sean and Brian, you've both been on the podcast before. Uh, yep. Chris Moss, former uh, Synergy RC team pilot, uh, president of Atlanta RC, where we have daily struggles, and just all-around great guy to fly with. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Chris. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great to meet everybody. I've been having a blast just hanging out with you guys, especially Wednesday. Our fun fly, was it was crazy. I met everybody from every age, expect, young, old, met Sean, old guy. Yeah, but everything is good. <laughs> old guy. <laughs> yeah. Boy, boy. <laughs> Don't let me start telling you stories when you what you were doing when you were on your walker. You want to talk oh, about that? No. No, no, no. no we ain't no, gonna talk no. about that. We ain't gonna talk about that. <laughs> wanna bring that shit up, buddy, huh? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> if we're telling stories, we gotta tell a story about Wednesday. So, yes, okay, stick to Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I like to give Sean a lot of shit about not doing a lot of autos, which oh, is we go. pretty rich because I don't necessarily always do a lot either. So I don't know why I think I have the right to, but I do it anyway. <laughs> so I bust Sean's yeah. chops and he does an auto. And then he's like, all right, bitch, where's your auto? I'm like, all right, all right, that's fine. So I decide I'm going to do like a pack full of autos. And Sean and the guys here will tell you, it's a lot of them were pretty damn sloppy it was a miracle the helicopter stayed upright but meanwhile <laughs> sean decides to start his nitro and hold the thing idling like two feet from my head the entire pack full of autos going you're gonna land soon you're gonna land soon what are you doing uh, i'm just talking and i was like i'm gonna do a whole goddamn pack full of autos and you are gonna <laughs> wait but damn that nitro was annoying <laughs> Nick, let first let me apologize because uh, when I walked up behind you, I thought you had been flying for like twenty minutes. So I'm like, oh, he's about to he's about to land. So like, you shot one auto. I'm like, I'm thinking the pack is over. You go back <laughs> up like ninety fucking times. I'm like, Nick, did you change batteries when I wasn't looking? And like, you know, all the trouble I've been going through getting that, that uh, the engine running correctly, you know, shouts out to Chris Moss and Brian and everybody who was helping me out. Um, so I finally got it tuned. It was running. The idol was perfect. And when I walked up, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's about to walk away. And literally you did about 20, 20 autos. I mean, not quick ones. I mean, upstairs, flare, you did some tail ends, some sideways, like some tips. Like, I got to give you credit, though. You did two that would that that would rival a precision flying contest i was like this okay but you did have the actual uh national champion uh coaching you the whole time so you did cheat a little bit but all right i'll give you that i did and and i had a lot of body english there was a lot of like leaning over hard like don't tip don't tip 100 <laughs> percent. what else was awesome that happened on wednesday i finally got the uh tron uh nitron 90 flying Nick, I know you kind of, because I drove to your house and got a, a spare engine because I was having so much trouble with this with this motor for some reason. So you, you know, as a good friend, you kind of let me have your motor. So I was like, I'm going to try one last thing and it happened to actually work. So I didn't need it. So I was just happy to have the Nitron flying. Um, 
I got in a test flight with it um, on the video that we put out, but I couldn't get it to actually stay running in a in a real solid way. And uh, fixed fixed all the plumbing. We did everything. Chris, we flipped everything. Tried regulators, one way, all that stuff. I had some RTV stuck in the pipe. It was just a bunch. It was like ninety problems wrong. And I got it all fixed. And uh, I was just, for me personally, I was just. I mean, along with all the other camaraderie, like the jokes, the autos, the the just the just the the gumbo and stew of just all all the helly things. Um, I was just so happy to see it like consistently because when I first got it running, you know, when you're not sure about the power plant, the last thing you want to do is have it upside down. I mean, you want to keep it right side up until you get everything, you know, squared away. Then you start to, you know, get crazy with it. But I was able to, you know, hover it on the deck, a few feet off the ground, like letting that thick smoke just like pour out the exhaust. I was like, oh, yes. And, and you know, Nick, by, by, uh, by experience, you know, I, I've had some incidents where I was going to big fun flies and totally like set something on fire or put it in the ground. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's running well. Let me just land it right now. So that was a good. That's true. That, that I was wondering why you were a little like not your usual self with the Nitron 90, but that makes sense. You didn't want to pull another uh, Nick Maxwell edition uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> why, why you got to bring up old stuff, Nick? Why you got to bring up old stuff? Why? See? Because the look on your face yeah. when you crashed like the second helicopter in the United States the week before Urcha yeah. was amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny when I crashed it. I'm like, I'm hitting up Rob. I'm like, uh, Rob, um, you got any uh, tail parts? He's like, Huh? No. I'm like, does anyone? He was like, Nick had some. I hit up Nick. He's like, I got some, but I need to give them to the team first. I'm like, oh. So I, I ended up uh, going up there. He threw me a tail shaft. I needed a tail shaft. Months of uh, some other stuff, but I was able to get it working and flying and stuff. But I, yeah, I, I, I we couldn't believe it. It was just how, how, how. <laughs> so yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tron's a pretty nice machine. Yeah, you handle it pretty well. Thank you. But the power, uh, yes, the power on that thing is good. Oh, the power to weight ratio on that Nitron ninety is something crazy. Uh, Chris, I can't wait to you, till you get one. Uh, the only other person over here that I knew uh, flew one was Kenny Hutton. Um, and he's like, "Man, this thing flies so good," and blah blah blah. I was like, "Finally, somebody else experiences what you know I experienced with it." So. Hopefully, you know, you get your kit, Chris, soon, because uh, I definitely want to see. What color are you going to get, orange or green? Orange. Definitely orange. You know I like orange. Yeah, you do. You do. The, br the brighter, the better. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Right on. And Brian, it was good to see you, man, with that uh, Quest F3C helicopter in the full fuselage. That thing is, uh, I mean, I've seen pictures, but that thing's spectacular in person. It's beautiful. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's... Um... I, I love that bird. I finally got a tune. I mean, I'm about 90% um, with the tuning of the bird. It's flying very well. Looks amazing. It's scary to fly because it's like, golly, you know, you don't want to damage something that looks so beautiful. But, you know, I just kind of let that go. Just say, you know what? I'm out here to practice and just, uh, you know, win another championship if I can. So let's do it. You saw me. I threw like, you know, 50 auto rotations with that thing. Just you know, and that's always a chance that you have one bad auto rotation, right? Where you might crack something, break a blade, you know, 
now I'll knock on wood. <laughs> nothing happened, and I hope nothing ever happens. But uh, you know, that's why you practice with our rotations, man, to make it perfect every single time. So just gotta keep yeah, going. Like, keep to going. explain to to everybody at home, like you know, I'm doing my autos with a raw five eighty where you can get parts everywhere and they're relatively inexpensive. Brian's doing it in not a, not an outrageously heavy, but a fairly heavy full fuselage F3C bird, a Quest helicopter, which is a very, it's gorgeous, but you know, it's shipped. Is it from Japan? It's from Japan. Yes. Yeah. So no parts in the United States at all. You got to order everything from overseas, you know, beautiful full fuselage, uh, and not a lot of room for error. Right. And you're doing more autos than the rest of us. So we're all like, why are we shy? Like, <laughs> Yeah, here's a fun fact about the fuselage, too. So it's the Stacey 800, and it's from the Funtech crew, right? And Funtech went out of business. They are out of business now, apparently. And I was like, man, I wonder if I was the, the last customer to order something from them. Because I swear, when I received that thing, um, that news was announced like two days later that they were out of business. So all the blades that we buy, the F3C blades... We can no longer get those Funtech blades anymore, so we have to go to a different brand. So yeah, I mean that's just unfortunate for them because it was a great, you know, great company with great products. So, so you're doing autos on a fuselage you can't replace with <laughs> blades you can't replace. <laughs> you got balls, dude. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've been debating um, because there, there's another company out there, right? The uh, the, the reference uh, fuselages out there. They're a bit more expensive, but uh, they're nice and, and they're still in business. So thought about buying a backup fuselage that in case something happens and I'll just switch over to that brand and, you know, go with that brand going forward. So we'll see. All right. I got one question for each of you before we wrap up here, uh, yep. assuming I'm allowed to regain control of the podcast <laughs> Sorry, <Nick. laughs> so as folks are headed to spring fling the big fun fly in virginia this week what do you want to say about the atlanta heli crew man about fellowship about fun flies about coming together to fly about making the effort to fly with other people like what does the atlanta heli crew mean to you all uh, individually and uh, brian let's start with you um i i think for me it's accountability i think we hold each other accountable to learn new things, to make it out to the field, to fly. I don't think any of us like to fly alone. So we make sure we round up the fellas to meet up, whether it's, you know, at one field or the other. We have two different fields that we mainly fly at. But these guys are very supportive and we hold each other accountable for for being there for each other and learning new things. So I think it's accountability for me. Right on. Uh, Chris Moss, what about you? What does the Atlanta Heli crew mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. It's a lot. The friendship. The understanding of each and everybody who works with us, who flies with us, to understand who's doing what, to help each other out. Like we got new members, we got a new young man named Justin. Um, just to actually get with him, show him some things, teach him. Meeting people like Sean, people like Brian and yourself. It's just a great field of people just to be around. Right on, man. And uh, Sean, what about you? Well, for me, uh, see, for me, the ATL community goes back a little bit further. Um, uh, I'm talking about back in the days when it was the ATL SmackDown crew. We had Henry H.C. Caldwell part of that. Uh, uh, Wayne Ellison, uh, if in, uh, um, 
uh, um, easily South Carolina, which is like an hour and change away. So he's kind of part of it. Marcus Kim was a part of that. Uh, Matt Bodos was a part of that. Eric um, Eric Larson was a part of that. Uh, Andrew Chong was a part of that. We had uh, we we when we showed up to a fun fly, it's like we rolled up in there like we were a mob, and. Of course, life happens. People move away. Things happen. People have babies and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, life happens. And uh, it kind of fizzled away a little bit. Um, And for me to have this friendship, this base of connection, people I can count on, people that can count on me, uh, you know, people that appreciate my crazy energy with my megaphone and all that stuff. All that stuff started back, you know, back in the early, you know, 2000s, you know, the, with the craziness of Atlanta, you know, uh, creating a scene of helicopter flying out here. Um, it started with CCRC, of course, and now we've got you kind of spread out a little bit more, but it's still it's still back the way it used to be. You know, I called Matt the other day. I was like, bro, you got to come down there. You know, he's like, He's looking at some houses and some land and stuff. I'm like, bro, you got to get down here because once you get here, it'll be completely like the old crew. Because even Mike Demita, uh, he uh, he was part of the old crew as well. I mean, it's so many. It's like a list of just people that you know. We used to go to like you know Mac Hodges down in Americas. Then we would hit like you know Black Sheep in uh, South Carolina, and a couple times I you know went up to Maryland. You know, of course, we would hit Urcha. So it kind of died down. It feels just like like the old family again. It's just, you know, a lot of new faces, but the same spirit is there. So I love it. Um, I appreciate you guys. Nick, man, I'll tell you all the time. Brian, I tell you all the time. Um, a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes uh, wouldn't happen without you guys. Um, and you guys are just so instrumental to the ATL crew, but also to Heli Direct, also to the hobby as a whole um and, and and a lot of these things people don't see you guys doing the editing the going back and fixing i don't know me and brian's developing this relationship now where i'm like yeah there's nothing wrong with this video he's like uh yeah uh you have a toenail in uh, your video showing at exactly three minutes and two seconds i'm like there's no toenail now i see a toenail or like you know there's like you know just craziness he keeps us all on our toes like he's just not the man of precision flying he's a he's precision like all around so um yeah and i know i kind of took a long way of answering your question but um chris moss like when i had trouble with my engine man he was there like he he jumped in his car you should have saw the way he pulled up to the field like i was sitting there like you know dicking with the needles and he pulls up like you know he's an fbi car like he jumps out where's the engine let's get that (laughs) thing running you know (laughs) I don't know. So the support system is is amazing, man. It's just like I needed. I was thinking about replacing the engine in the uh, Nitron. Man, Nick gave me an engine. I went over to uh, Mikhail. We forgot Mikhail. Uh, Mikhail Graham uh, of Horizon Hobbies and Team Heli Direct. I went over his house, grabbed one. I had like four engines, you know, and that was because of friends. That was because the ATL crew. So it means a lot to me. So. Yeah, man, I'd echo a lot of that. For me, the, the crew is, I mean, I met everybody when I was still, I mean, I got a long way to go still, but, you know, when I was really, you know, progressing from basic hovers into initial maneuvers is when I about came into the crew. And uh, it's just been really supportive. Like, 
these you, you're you know you're all guys i'm not afraid to fail in front of i have failed in front of you hell i've crashed at some of your feet um <laughs> but yeah let's not bring up old uh, stuff i know man. right <laughs> um <laughs> And then guys who get to know your flying style and know what you're on the edge of learning is super valuable to me. Like, I feel like often people are like, you're ready for this and push me to the next thing and the next thing uh, because they understand what I can and can't do. And that's priceless, man. You know, I progressed a lot more in this hobby in every aspect of it, whether it's flying or content creation or just fellowship, whatever, uh, because of the crew in Atlanta. So, man. I hope, you know, I just wanted to do this quick little segment here with these guys because I just, I really want to, number one, hope that everyone at Sprinkling has an amazing time and enjoys the ability to fly with other people who share this love for this amazing hobby. Uh, and two, encourage all of you solo flyers to seek out other people in your area, man. There's nothing wrong with flying by yourself, but man, this hobby is just so much better with, with other people in it. 100%. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Anybody else got any parting words before we sign off? <laughs> keep it out the dirt keep it out the dirt the freak, keep hell keep hell is alive <laughs> i ain't got nothing to say <laughs> <laughs> no man keep it out of the Just dirt indeed keep it out the dirt exactly all right man see atlanta heli crew we out yeah, yeah! This has been episode 36. If you're on your way to Springfling, we hope you have a wonderful time. Be sure and say hi to Scott and Devin and Dan. The rest of y'all have a great week. We'll see you next time. Yeah.